0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, a very special one, because occasionally we get so many, so many emails from you lovely, lovely people. Uh, it, well, it staggers me that you any of you write in, but sometimes so many of you write in that we can't fit them in to the main show on a Monday. Otherwise, Jonathan, me and whoever else is on with us would be up till about midnight waffling on. So I decide sometimes to hive them all off and do a special show, which we, we call In Off The Post so there you go. So welcome to tonight's Chelsea Faircast, number 791, in off the post with me, Stamford Chidge, just a double act tonight uh, with the wonderful Mr Kidd.
2: Oh, great to be here, Chidge. Absolutely fantastic. And um, uh, all 18 people on Mixler, I hope that 20, we... Uh,
1: 20's going up. Gone up already, yep, hey? Yep. God, bloody yep, hell. Yep,
2: yep. Good stuff, guys. Well, if there are so few of you, you should chip in. No, Chipping they are. We can, but we'll see if we can. Um, should you all have to be the fulcrum for this, you'll have to. I will. I'll uh,
1: do my best. The conduit. The
2: conduit. I'll do my so if best. do you want to ask any more questions because I like the intimacy of the audience here. I, I know
1: it's nice. It's nice, like, like, like a kind of um, um. What are they used to unplugged Chelsea fancast unplugged. Shall I get my acoustic guitar? Yeah, it's like an acoustic version, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, feels a bit feels a bit lonely tonight, just me and you. There's no nobody else to play with. But you know, maybe the Mixler exactly. people can catch up with it. Anyway, well, they can. They can. Yeah. Um, just to give them a heads up, and welcome, by the way, because we do have uh, Mixler people live uh, broadcasting on Mixler as we try to do every show. Good to see you all in here. Um, uh, most of the emails tonight, as you can imagine, and uh, as always, they are from all over the world. Uh, but most of the emails tonight are uh, on the subject of Frank Lampard's departure and the aftermath of that. And also, you know, obviously looking ahead to Thomas Tuchel, Tommy T. So uh, apart from one, kind of, really, which happens to be the first one from our dear, dear mate, the lovely San Lucian. Kenroy Ken Justin. Yeah, so well, there you go. Take it away, JK.
2: Well, Kenroy said, Chidge, uh, as you know, I don't write all All emails. Wacky is my style. And he's put, JK has not done a Caribbean accent yet. So in order to be diverse and inclusive, I'm forcing him to do this one Caribbean style. Is he uh, he from Wales? Yes, he's from Wales, as all my characters are, as we've already established. Every accent I ever do is Welsh. Particularly particularly my way my I can't not learn to do Pakistani No so no, no no no, no, no. I can't do it I can't <laughs> no, do it because no, 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 no. because because, because you'll find you'll actually find it's Welsh it's a Welsh <laughs> my Pakistani's Welsh but he's he's got here wagwan bredrin pum pum afi run you know um but I won't be doing any more of that but he set me up here Camrose because he's written it phonetically yeah, wagwan bredrin pum pum no, no, no. afi
1: it's not Caribbean
2: enough you know, wow wow go on, brethren, pum pum, afi run, you know, how's no, no, that no, any no, good? No. But,
1: yeah. Wah, go on, brethren, pum pum, afi run, you know. I think, yeah, it. I
2: think that was very similar to the way I just did it. But no, thank you very much. was,
1: yeah, it was, but it was better.
2: Oh, probably better. Yeah. yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I accept that. I accept that. <laughs> I accept that. <laughs>
1: wah wah, go on, brethren, pum
2: pum, afi run, you know. That's anyway, not bad. Enough. Not bad. That was a bit better.
1: That sounded like the remember that's the Desmonds.
2: Yeah, that Desmond. It sounded like one of the old barbers in Desmond's. English, what was the language? Mind your language, it was yeah. called, wasn't it? Well, One of the, the barbers, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway yeah. enough of that, as he said. Kenroy said that, and so am I. Anyway, enough of that. Let me start. No, let, let me start by bigging up the guys from the Chelsea Caribbean WhatsApp group. Man like. Oh, bloody hell. I'm sorry. like. I do apologise. Sorry, Kenroy. Anyway. Benjito, Joachim, Travis, Carlisle, Baron, Oz the Rasta, Kern and Clint the Brothers, Peter Marshall, Ainsley, Fervy, Magarin, Nigel, the stupid Laker fan, He's got <laughs> bas- basketball aficiano, aficionado, Shem, Simeon, Kirby, Sean, Wayne, Ramu, with French origins, Lynch, Isidore, McKay, Francis, ultimate icon, Dave, <laughs> David, David, G- Jr. Who? Who is Who? that? <laughs> <laughs> Marlon, Simon, Antonius. And if I missed anyone, well, fuck them, I guess. I
1: can't. I, I didn't even know I was in this group.
0: Is
2: that you another sure it, David Chidgey? You sure it's not another David Chidgey? I think be. it might be. It might be. <laughs> you never know. You never know. If you've sown your wild oats elsewhere yeah. in your youth. I'm a WhatsApp
1: group tart, mate.
2: It that must be it. Yeah. That must. be Yeah, yeah, you whore. Anyway, based on recent developments, I wanted to ask you guys this. What really is a glory hunter? Deep down, are they real and true fans? It would not seem so to me. It would seem that true fans would immerse themselves in the entirety of the club. Beautifully expressed, Kemroy, as only you can do it. Its future and its past. And not just how many wins and trophies that they come along for that they they can come along for the ride. Should a true fan of the club not care more about its long-term development rather than just immediate success at any cost? This is what comes to mind when I hear people talking about Frank Lampard as if they don't understand why he's important to the club. The fact that the club hired him even as a rookie and a very much inexperienced manager speaks volumes about who he is, whether or not It was too early for him. No other rookie manager could have landed the position on permanent appointment, whether he had a transfer ban or even if Roman had got trench madness. It seems plain to me, to me anyways, that a true fan would have wanted to win with a club legend in a year or two, who would also develop the identity of the club holistically rather than yet another short-term mercenary manager now. Albeit beautiful, we don't often see. Albeit, um, though albeit is in um, uh, Blue Day. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought remember. it was Albite. In Albite, in, in yeah, Chidge thought it was Albite. Everybody, but it's not. It's albeit, and uh, well done.
0: Now,
2: uh, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well done, Kenroy. It's al- albeit. Yeah, um, um, it was uh, yeah, albeit in the seventies. It's uh, we, we. What was it? The song is in the lyric. We go uh, albeit in the seventies. What's the first line of that? I can't, I can't remember. remember. I, can't I sang remember. on it. I sang on it. You know? Did you Did, know that? No,
1: I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah mean Maybe yeah. you could tell me a story about it one day. I maybe. will
2: eventually. Yeah. Albeit, it was understandable that a fan would have preferred to have an experienced manager when the position was empty, but nonetheless, they chose Frank. Therefore, people who were with who were without patience to see where this goes. People that marry, um, where this goes, I'd want to believe they have no interest in the club, but only interest in the shiny silverware. They're like those people that marry some old geezer for his money. In my view, I think glory hunters should take advantage of the transfer market before the end of January and find another club. Man City looks good and on on the up right now, and so does Man United football scum i.e. the original Glory Hunters hunting ground. Nonetheless, we now know that it was all due to internal politics. The fact they wanted to sack him last summer after he finished fourth in a dire situation shows how disgusting the board are. I mean, I'm not sure that's absolutely true actually, Kenroy, I mean, what the fuck is this? The worst thing about it is Glory supporters don't care enough to understand what is really happening here. Because once the board destroys the club from the inside, both the Glory supporters and the board can move on quickly to new pastures, other teams and other jobs. Anyway, you guys, anyways, I'm sorry, Kenroy, you guys need to ensure Matt Scott writes in every week. Good stuff, Matt. Finally... Long overdue. Chelsea legends battle number two. Who would run out of energy first? Ramirez or Kante? Guys, keep it blue. Keep it carefree. Keep it Chelsea. Up to Chelsea. A goodie, a goodie, Kenroy, A goodie. Now, I'm going to disappoint you because I'm a little bit of a glory hunter. Um, and I, I, I'd love to go down the route where we just give Frank the ability to... Um, to learn all about being a manager, and uh, hope he improves. But um, uh, I've had too much of that in the past, and I'm afraid I've reached the stage of my life where I really like the club winning, and I like the shiny silverware, and the club uh, want to have the, similar, have the similar view that I've got. They want the shiny silverware. And I know it's Frank, and I know he's a, um, He's a wonderful legend, but from my view, it became apparent that he wasn't, for whatever reason, he wasn't getting on with the players. He wasn't getting on with the board. He wasn't getting on with Petr Cech. I'm only presuming this. We don't really know. But he wasn't coming up with the right performances. And I think, I fear, it would have got worse. So I actually think it's not a question of being a glory hunter in this instance. I think it's a question of, of creating an equilibrium where a coach can play um can actually make the players, some of whom are actually a lot better than they've been revealing recently, um, fit together as a team. And for some reason or another it wasn't working under Frank. I mean, particularly with Werner and Havertz. And I don't think um any amount of 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 waiting for Frank to get better was going to make it work. I think it had actually become too much. And um uh, and I think to to get it back on a on a um on a on a basic level of of normality for the club. And I know once again, the normality for them is fourth and going further in the Champions League. Um, But it didn't seem to me as if that was going to be happening at all. Whereas this quick fix that they've come in with, I mean, not even a quick fix, he's one of the top coaches in the world, Um, will galvanise them. and, uh, uh, And I think Frank has to Um, I think there's a rumour that he's about to take over at Bournemouth. Isn't that right, Chidge? Have you heard that? I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, which I think would do him a a world of good. And we'd then be in a position, if he starts bringing them up, to actually appraise him as a coach in the next few years. But um, uh, my view is that... uh, So I'm half and half. I, I, I applaud the club's view that they want to win silverware because it fits the image the level the club has got as an an elite club so you can't have a manager who isn't getting on with the players or something that's happened mm. and i appreciate it gets in the way of our view of wanting him to be um football legend and manager legend but i i just think it it became too poisonous for him
1: well we don't re- we, we, we don't we don't really we don't know really know. We're we don't so, know. i'm yeah.
2: presuming i'm presuming
1: i mean look um I I I I don't disagree with that entirely, but I do, as you know, disagree with elements of it. But that's really, I think, more more to do with where J and J K and I just stand on life, the universe, and everything, rather than necessarily what's what's going on at Chelsea. I mean, clearly, they they felt it was too soon for Frank, or that he wasn't good enough. Otherwise, it'd still be in the job, wouldn't he? So. Yes. there's not a lot we could do about that. I'm going to kind of start on a different tack really, which is I think I think Kenroy makes a really interesting point about glory hunters and what glory hunters really are. Um Jonathan is not a glory hunter because j- there are there are several types of supporters, right? I'm not a glory hunter either actually. However, a lot of Jonathan and my peer group who are in their 50s and 60s are glory hunters because they turned up because chelsea won the fa cup in 1970 and 22 million people watched it on tv and mysteriously yeah. lots of people became chelsea fans that day and still are now you could argue that they are glory hunters jonathan isn't jonathan was forced into going to chelsea by his wonderful father who was a diehard <laughs> chelsea fan jonathan How had they
2: forced you
1: For well me. jonathan had no choice
2: that's true. I didn't. He had no we, choice. We, we lived up the road, and he took me and stuck me on his knee.
1: Exactly, yeah. and at the time, Chelsea hadn't won anything. No, I mean well, nothing. They'd won,
2: the, they'd won the league in fifty-four. That's
1: true. Five,
2: five, five. Five. I'm so sorry. 54, fifty-five. They'd
1: won the, they'd won the uh, the the Southern Cup in uh, 1943 or something against Millwall.
2: And they'd been in the final of the FA Cup in 1915.
1: Fourteen. No, was it 14? 15. 15. 15, 15. Cup final. They lost, lost to Sheffield, Sheffield United, United, didn't they, funnily enough? Yeah. Weirdly, spookily. We'll, re- we'll remind, uh, we've got we've got the travelling blade on on Friday. It, good the stuff. lovely we'll Ben. Ask we'll ask him if he remembers that. I'll ask him whether or not he it because I'll say I was there. I think we yeah. probably did that gag last time he was on, actually. But anyway, <laughs> so Jonathan is not a glory hunter because he was taken uh, to Chelsea by his dad. And I have to say, people like Jonathan are my favourite kind of supporters because... Unlike me, they were born into it. It's in their blood. I mean, Dan Silver's another great example. He's like third, fourth-generation Chelsea fan, you know. These people are not glory hunters. Weirdly, a lot of my other mates are glory hunters because they started supporting us after we won the FA Cup. I am not a glory hunter because I basically... Found Chelsea randomly because my dad took me to Stamford Bridge in '76, and I vaguely decided I liked the ground, and I vaguely decided I liked blue, and then I really decided I liked Ray Wilkins, and then I forgot all about it for about four—I don't know—eight years, and then I—I I ended up living five minutes from the ground, and then boom, that was easy. um So I'm not really a glory hunter because in 1985, well, actually '85, we were a pretty decent side to be fair, but we haven't won anything. But I think what, what Kenroy's really talking about is, is much more of a modern... Well, this is a good question. Is it a modern-day phenomenon? You know, people who have no real connection to football, and, and, and I don't mean to sound shitty here, don't even live in the country, because it's such a, a global, uh, universal product these days, they, they'd say, oh, let's pick a team. And it's much more fun to pick a team that wins something because you get a much better journey. However... You could say the same. You could say the same in England. If you're not born in Chelsea like I wasn't, if you're not if your family's not from not Chelsea sports like mine wasn't, then it was quite traditional it being, you know, when I grew up as a kid, the only live football match you ever saw was the FA Cup final. Kids would often choose who won the FA Cup final to be their team, or they would choose the team that won the league that year because that was that's what kids do. But I think, you know, the idea of flipping clubs, which I think is a very modern phenomenon these days, is just an anathema to people like Jonathan and myself and a lot of people who I know who go to the games. But it I think the point I'm trying to make is that glory hunting is not quite as simple as you think it might be. Uh, and Kenroy, I mean, you know, you know my views on Frank Um so, I mean, I, I won't bore you all again with them now. I think you know the answer. The, the final question he asks is Ramirez or Kante? That's an easy one for me because Ramirez was nicknamed the Blue Kenyan. Uh, and that's not because he was from Kenya Kenyan, or even Blue. But he, he was named the Blue Kenyan because he had a reputation for being an amazing long-distance runner like Kenyans tend to be. So the fact that he was called the Blue Kenyan would tell me that his Duracell batteries would probably last longer than Conte's, Jonathan.
2: Yes, I think that's absolutely right. But they were very different players. Ramirez tended to get forward, and uh, um, he nicked the ball away occasionally. But he was just—he uh, um, was—he was a bit of a, a, a long-legged trudger occasionally. But he will always go down everybody's memory for scoring that great goal in the semi-final. Um, I felt we we sold him too soon. Actually, I didn't yeah, think he I was.
1: liked Ramirez. Yeah. I mean, I'll never ever forget that amazing goal he scored against Barca Kenroy's in yeah. is in Mixler as we speak and he's actually replied oh. to us and he makes a good point which I kind of overlooked Chidge, I think you're a glory hunter not me but you are a glory hunter if you all, if you're all about the trophies and nothing else and and I think that's a point that I didn't make and you're right and I, I I'm I'm not a glory hunter in that respect but then you see you know if we hadn't won what we'd won in the last 15 years I would be desperate to win something the fact that we have won everything um, and of course, well, a we've won everything more than I ever thought I'd see us win. Two, because I supported us when we didn't really win much at all. I can be quite, you know, agnostic about this, you know. And actually, I go for football for far more reasons than just just winning. It's for me, it's about the day out. And Jonathan and I slightly, uh, you know, I wouldn't say we disagree, but we go we go for slightly different reasons, and that's okay, you know. There's no bloody rule book that says how you're supposed to support a club. It's personal. It's up to you. I have slightly different ways of doing it than Jonathan, but it makes no difference to us. We we both love it and we both mate, I love winning trophies, don't get me wrong. Anyway, I've... you're going to like this email, JK. This yes. is this is pure art and it's art from the heart, in fact.
2: And you're doing a bit of uh, poetizing here, aren't you, chief? I am going
1: to. I'm going to do my yeah. best. Right. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. it's from the lovely Ben Brooks. And he says, "I won't name you all as I don't have time, but know that I love you." Oh, I love, love you too, ben. ben. Um, I haven't been in contact before, but my father uh has just uh, but my father has just before we won the double. He got in contact after we had won the double and recounted a tale of me and him at West Brompton Station after the loss to Jose's Inter Milan. Oh, painful. Yes, I remember that. Anyway, the reason I'm getting in contact is because of Monday's events. I just had to get into contact with you. I feel us proper Chelsea fans need to stick together. Not that I don't like Chelsea fans who wanted Lampard out it's more that I don't understand them or wish to understand them for that matter I wrote this poem about Super Frank Lampard after a few beers when we lost to Liverpool at home last season due to some dreadful wanking by wankers. Whoops I mean to say refereeing by refs <laughs> I hope it makes sense as even though I'm an adult age 29 my grammar and spelling isn't the best as I'm severely dyslexic. Honestly Ben it, I would never have guessed really it's your, your grammar and your writing is Uh, spot on my friend anyway here it is i hope you enjoy it it was a painful night and so had been this journey sink or flight in germany memories of that cruel ghost haunted us thoughts of life's unforgiven penalties hurt us but hope never stopped we kept our blue flag flying high like a soldier and willing to die against all odds who knew that day an ivorian god could save us a piece of history and like they said you can't buy history turns out we never tried you see So now you no longer stand on the sideline again with a different but very familiar 11 men. Feel no shame. Know that we share your pain. Joy and laughter, us against the world and you the master. The journey's just begun. A challenge you'll overcome. Follow your heart and be carefree wherever you may be. If you just remember the words... Fuck them all, and up the Chels. I just love that. At the end, it was just completely beautiful. Very very prosaic and poetic, and then fuck them all, up the Chels. I like that. That tops it off for me, J.K. Lovely. Anyway, cheers, up the Chels, uh, from Ben Brooks. I like that. More poems, please. And then you can get J.K. to read them, because he'd do a better job than me. It was a painful night
2: and so had been this journey we've done Single it flight in germany N- memories of that no cruel retakes ghost, no hundreds, retakes they thoughts haven't... of life's unforgiven no, pain no. hurt us. but hope never stopped we kept our blue flag flying high like a soldier
1: i've muted him he'll, he'll, he'll realize Oh we get <laughs> his little face as barry dave you're going you have to unmute yourself i can't do it Anyway. It's... Who knew oh, that being no, an no, no, no. god could save us? But it re- requires that, Chid. I know. Well, I'm that. sorry. I should have thought about it and given it to you to do. Anyway, yes. I, I'm just going to quote Barry Davis when I muted you. Look at his face.
2: Okay, I know, <laughs> I, know but I, I knew it was absolutely right. Can you, I just say, it's interesting, isn't it? Go on then. Um, the, the, it's the fans who wanted Frank out. It's 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 difficult, isn't it? When you When Frank went... I didn't want Frank out at all. But when he went, I find it very easy just to go with, OK, I get what's happening. We need to, we need to move on and get with the next manager. So I've never wanted Lampard out. So um, I find it very weird that so many fans early on wanted him out. I didn't get that. I never got that. Nor do I. I, don't, I, don't, I can't relate no. to that at all. And yet at the same time, when, when uh, after the Leicester game and this very strange performance we gave and then... Um, and they did get rid of him, you go, okay. I understand what's going on. I get the club. I see it. I know I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get it. But it's interesting, isn't it, how um, uh, I suppose I was never Sarri out either. So I can't really say that. I always want to give people the the benefit. I want to see what they're trying to do. That's always the case with me and managers. Same with Vias Boas. I wanted to see what he was trying to do. I wanted to see what Scolari was trying to do. I never understood. what Not for long, mind. No, no, not for, no, but you know, indeed, indeed, but you still, you want to, you want to try and work out a pattern, what he's trying to, with with that's, to me, that's part of the process of, of being involved with the club, is looking at a manager, seeing what players he's selecting, see what he's trying to play, that, that, because then you can watch the game with a different, with all of the mosaic going on, with an even different understanding, it gives it, it gives it a a poignancy it gives it a depth and emotion that not just turning up and hoping they score now part of me still like that like a little boy when i was eight all i wanted to do was see chelsea score get the the ball in the back of the net but it's interesting how how uh, some people make a decision and they want somebody out and that's it you know which i well
1: I, i i do you know what the only thought i have on that mate is that Some people think that they know about know more about football than everybody else, and I think that comes through. And I think the other thing, maybe it's a modern phenomenon that it's very, we live in a very disposable society, don't we? You know, this whole kind of cancel culture and all of that. It's all very disposable. Somebody does something wrong in their job, sack them, fire them, get them out, get them out. You know, it's all this kind. I think it's a more modern phenomenon. And I do think, I do think as well that uh, we have we as supporters at this club have been conditioned. All right, we've been conditioned by an owner who pulls the trigger on average every 18 months. So, you know, the minute any manager starts underperforming or, or the team starts underperforming, we now expect the manager to get fired. If we if we supported a club where the average tenure of managership was five years, we wouldn't, I suspect. I think that all plays into it. Although I read something very funny. Some, I can't remember his name, bless it. I think it was a guy called David on Twitter sent me a tweet And he worked out that the number of managers we have had over the last 50 years, if you divide the number of managers into that 50 years, it averages 18 months. Mm. So, as with everything at Chelsea, it's never new. Anyway, Anyway. Steve Rollo, mate. We shouldn't have been surprised,
2: should we? No. Um, Hi, gents. I write in disbelief, which logic says was expected. I'm disappointed, angry, and frustrated. I believe that perhaps the Roman culture had moved on and we might experience a period of stability. Alas not, I've suffered through some tremendous managers. Danny Blanchflower, <laughs> Oh, my God, clueless. <laughs> AVB. <laughs> Scolari. <laughs> Ranieri. <sighs> Rafa.
1: <sighs>
2: angry man Conte. Yep. Sarri, his antithesis. And Mourinho, a second time. Now it appears we're going to land Tuchel, or however one spells his name. You spelled it perfectly, Steve. I've had enough. I don't believe Frank had any say in the incoming players whom we pray will start to play. I blame the Granovskaya girl, who in turn does Roman's bidding. I'm sick of it. What was wrong with Tammy and Giroux up front? Our squad two seasons ago had potential. Now someone has to fit five new players into a system that was already working. Madness. One might surmise that if we have them, no one else can use them. In one sense, I think that Frank's probably relieved. The vitriol on social media shits me no end. Frank was a super player. Perhaps he won't be quite so good as a manager, but for fuck's sake, let him have the opportunity. Rumour spreads of mistrust and dissent in the changing room. I didn't hear of this last year. Frank still has my trust and support. I truly don't know where I stand at this juncture. I've been disillusioned before, but this Help me out, chaps. Steve, Lennox Head, Australia.
1: Well, you know, I feel your pain, Steve, and I think a lot of us are just fed up with it, aren't we? But you know, the, I think I think we nailed it on on last Monday's uh, the week before Monday's show when you know, in in a way, it's a wake up call. Uh, and I mean, I know people got a bit upset. In fact, there's going to be somebody I'm reading the email next who was very upset with what we said, actually. But it is not our club. We have no control, we have no real influence about what goes on there. Um, and I was a bit rude about Roman saying it's basically a rich man's toy set, which is kind of true, but the reality is, as JK will tell you, and in fact, so can I. And in fact, we've just said in the stat that we gave you that we've, we've, we, you know, over the last 50 years, managers at Chelsea have lasted on average 18 months. Um, when the Mears ran it, we had no say and no influence, and it wasn't our club. When Bates. Owned it and ran it, and sack managers left, right. We didn't have really any influence on the club. We really don't. If you know, I used to say this about um kids coming in to the TV industry, you know, very young and wanting and excited and crazy ideas and wanted to make great TV as a producer or a director, and they would get really really upset whenever an executive producer or a series producer or commissioning editor would come into a viewing and eviscerate their programme and basically foist on them their own bloody ideas as to what they wanted. And these kids would take it really, really personally. And I used to have to, as a bit of an older lag in the business, I would take them aside and say, look, let's go and have a beer and a chat. And I would explain to them that this is not your programme. You might might think it is because you're kind of making it and it's your ideas, but it's not your programme. It is your programme if you have nobody up that greasy pole higher than you and you pay for everything on it. And then, and only then, is it your programme. And it's kind of the same with the football. We might think that we're important. We might think that we have a vocal presence. We might think that we pay the players' wages. We don't pay the players' wages. Sky do. And Roman does. And I'm afraid, that's what I mean. And I was kind of upset because I'm not stupid and I should know this. But the fact is, the other thing you have to factor in is that we have a massive emotional connection to this club because of the players that we love, the things we've won, the ground, the people that we go with, all of that. And it and it makes us go a bit funny in the head. And we like to think we have more influence than we really do. But uh, Steve, have a beer, think about it and go, you know what, I know this, but that's kind of half the reason why I'm in it, you know. I think you'll be all right. I'd love to buy you a beer, Steve, but sadly Lennox Head, much as I'd love to go there, is a very long way away. Hopefully we'll see you one day. Though, doesn't he, Chid? he makes a good yeah. point about um, the fact that um, the, the team
2: was, was going in a, a, a direction um, that with, with uh, Frank, um, even in fact, just before um, uh, coronavirus set in, wasn't it, after we beat beaten Everton 4-0? When he had um, he had um, Gilmore in midfield and Giroud scored all those goals, and you thought that Frank had had, had found something. I think he and had, then, and that indeed he had. But then suddenly all these new players come yeah. in, and then it, it, whether it gets in the way of everything he was thinking of creating, you 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 must think, yeah, it's true actually. But
1: I I, I think this is this is symptomatic of what we're talking about. We all grew up in a different era when football clubs were run in a different way, when managers had a lot of power. When they were managers, they ran the whole club and chairmen and owners were tolerated. I mean, the best example of that is oh, Brian Clough, Clough yeah. you know, who fell out with more than a few, few of them. But football is no longer like that. Frank Lampard was not the manager. He was the coach. Coach, yeah. So in he re- and he, I think we're now learning and I think, you know, there, Matt Law's written a great piece today about the fact that uh, they've ripped up the programme and and started again and and I think any any of us who have been around football for a long time will tell you is that, that we didn't think that was the thing to do we thought we had you had to bite the pain grow and develop something try and do it differently because actually if you you know pull the pull the corner of the carpet up under Chelsea you could say well actually it hasn't really been working very well for the last 7 years we've kind of got yeah. away with it yeah. structurally underneath it's a real fucking nightmare it's a chaos so actually, there's a really good argument for saying, you know, we need to start again. But, yeah. you know, this is not the way that the people who run this club will do it. And I mean, who know? I tell you, read, read Matt Law's article if you can. It's really, really good. And he was also on London is Blue the other day. So go and go and have a listen to them. It's brilliant that they get Matt on and he's well worth listening to because he is close to the club. But he's he's still a good independent journalist. But he kind of he's saying what I think a lot of us on the fan cast really fear. Which is that this rip it up and start again thing is just not going to work anymore. I mean, it used to work in the, in the kind of, you know, 2004 to 2012 period because the one thing that was stable were fantastic world class players. How many world class players have we got on the team at the moment, JK? Well, even the world class players we supposedly got aren't playing very well. Conte is supposed
2: to be one of them, but he's been injured most of the time. Um, let's, let's go through him. Uh, Silva is a world class player, but he's. Past it. Past it slightly. And he's like a, he's like a delicate old uncle. I always think he's he needs, he does something and then he sort of goes, "Oh, I've got to get up." i no, don't help me get up. Don't. Get... He looks exhausted whenever he does a tackle. But uh, no, he's I'm I'm being unfair. He's he's a he's a terrific player. But 36. Um, yeah.
1: There aren't uh, many. That's uh, the reality. Uh, no, no.
2: The reality is no. That that was well, Zaitch is supposed to be, but he's not revealing it as much because he's injured. But no, in fact, no. But at the same time, though, Chidge, Man City. Um, just seem to whether it's a coaching thing seem to buy terrific player after terrific player so that this 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 business template of just buying top players is working for some clubs and you think uh, would it work with Tuchel would it um, is is well, that what they decided they I, well, want to go back to it you know well they
1: maybe don't. but you know and i mean my long gripe with the club is basically you do not have people who have the first idea about football making the key football decisions. And the key yeah. football decisions Indeed. are what manager stroke coach to hire and what players to buy. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm, 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 I'm sure Roman, brilliant than everything, loving to pieces for everything he's brought to the club and all the joy he's given me through winning this stuff. I don't think he's a football man. Marina Granovskaya, superb businessman, uh, renowned negotiator, brilliant. But I don't think she's a football person. So I think that they're going to make as many bad decisions as they make good. And I think if you uh, forensically look back at the last seven years, you will find that. Look at the number of bad players that we've bought. Yeah, yeah, completely. Look at the number of nutty managers that we've hired. Yeah, yeah. You know, so anyway, we could do this all night. We probably will. Anyway, I'm going to read Philip's email next because it's a bit of a humdinger. I don't know if you've read this yet, JK, but strap in. Oh, I thought it was my turn. No, it's you mine. You did, did Steve. I, not, not, I did Steve. Sorry, yeah. Steve. I did. Got that, a memory sorry. of a goldfish. I don't know. Right. One name? Oh yeah. Sure. Uh who am I? That's yeah. your line. Anyway, uh right, Philip Kenley. Phillips Philip's a Patreon. He's I we've known Philip for a long time, but we, he's got a bit hot under the collar for this one, and it's all Tony's fault, I'm glad to say. You and I have got away scot free, I think. Uh I I if there's anything in here that relates to me, I will obviously blame you, JK. Anyway, but Philip I have to, says. I have to take that. Philip says, I I just cannot believe what I've just heard. Tony Glover's rant early on in the podcast on the 25th of January might be the biggest load of drivel I've ever heard. I've had to jump straight to my laptop to counter the nonsense I've just heard. Before I forget, my memory is worse than yours, Chidge. Philip, (laughs) I have to say, that, that, that would be saying something, but anyway, I'm prepared to believe you. Let's start with the, this is not my club anymore comment. Oh, my word, what planet are you on? OK, let's split Chelsea supporters into three groups. Those that remember the 60s properly, those like myself and Chidge say that were brought up in the Bates era, and those that have only known success. First, those in the former group. Yes, this is not your club anymore. That club ended in 1972. Maybe you can tell me about that, Jonathan. Hey, Hang on. I've only read about it and seen clips from the 1 in 10 games that had cameras at them. So, I've seen the clips, the highlights, the best bits. They look good. Maybe any highlights reel would look good. That was 50 years ago. Then we had 15 years of unmitigated crap. That is actually my club. The one I was brought up on. Yes, I do remember it fondly. Maybe not so much the 9,000 crowds and the violence and the racism and the anti-Semitism... But I still remember it fondly. I I concur, Philip. Then a dozen or so years of wonderful, slow ascendancy. My favourite years, maybe. Starting with Glenda, of course. Not the Abramovich years, maybe, but the blueprint was being laid. Bates spent as much as he possibly could. Managers were sacked as soon as the tide turned. There was no youth coming through at all, other than JT. We were spending more than we were earning, We all know that in a parallel universe, it could have been us visiting Division 3 and not Leeds or City. But miracle of miracles, 2003 happened and the Roman era began. OK, so, Mr Glover, what Chelsea is it you actually (laughs) want back? Next point. You started talking about the money and Roman not caring about the fans and that Chelsea is a cash cow. What planet are you on? I ask again. Do you not see our accounts at the end of every year? Even with the transfer ban and the selling of Eden, we barely turned a profit. Chelsea has been a non-stop cash-eating monster since Roman took over in 2003. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not losing sleep over how an oligarch spends his cash, but to say that he is just using the club to print money is a misdirection of Trumpian standards. Uh, Objectively, Roman has been an unbelievable chairman for Chelsea. We are a trophy a year team. I think we may have won more trophies than Man United since 2003, or close anyway. He never stops investing. Whilst his treatment of managers is brutal, no one can say it doesn't work. I'm sick to the core about Frank, but let's face it, halfway through, and the only game I think I loved was Atletico away, and that was a rearguard action. Every single game against a decent Premier League team was so disappointing. Every single one. And every one of our players, apart from Mount maybe, was playing less well than they had been. By doing what he did, Chelsea still have a chance to save the season. It was not going to happen with Frank, let's be honest there. Disagree with that philosophy? Absolutely. I may even disagree with it, despite what I've written. But please don't talk bollocks. It undermines anything you may say in the future. Thank you, Philip. Now, Philip, I have many points to address on there. Um, I mean, you know, firstly, I, I have you right about a lot of that, I think. But I think I think to be shitty to Tony is a bit unfair. Um, and, I, and I'll, you know, you you wrote that and you were angry and you wrote it, you know... The kind of you know in the spirit at the moment as it were you have to remember that we are not broadcasters we're fans and when we're doing a show we're we're speaking from our emotions not our intellect you know and and you can you know i'm sure i'm sure we all talk utter bollocks most of the time if we're upset or, or something's got under our skin you know we're not cold dead-eyed logical robotic you know uh, people on on television, you know, we're just not like that. We're a bunch of fans who like to talk about the game as if we were in a pub. So Tony I th- feels it, feels it. Yeah. So I think I think to beat Tony up about that is a bit a bit OTT and a bit unfair. Um, I mean, you know, I think I think Tony. I mean, I, I'm not here to I'm not here to speak for Tony. He's not here, obviously. But I, I do understand where Tony's coming from. Tony's an incredibly passionate, lovely, yeah. emotional guy. He. He, like many of us, me included, is under the delusion that the club is ours and that we have some say. I think if you sat Tony down and had a pint or two with him in the pub, you know you'd get him to admit that what a load of bollocks that is. Like I just have a minute ago. Um, I don't think he ever said it was a license to print money. I think, I think, I think Tony's beef is like my beef, which is that whilst Roman has undoubtedly put in more money than anybody else has ever in the game, and and we all thank him hugely for that. And as you said, it's up to him. He's an oligarch. and He can do what he likes. But I think there's something else that I am privy to because I've been on the Chelsea Supporters Trust board since 2013 and I do have meetings with the club, several meetings a year, and I can tell you that they have pressure to not lose money in as much as one can. Of course, they then undermine that by firing managers and having to pay them huge settlement fees. But the people who, you know, not Roman, the people who are in that club are tasked to try and make as much money as they can. And like all other big Premier League clubs, they do that by being a global brand and at the end of the day, I'm pretty damn sure that it's not just because Roman has the hump with a manager that they change things. They change it because they—it's not just about the fact they want to win trophies. When they win trophies, they make more money. So you can't take the money and the business side out of it. And I think ultimately, that's what Tony doesn't like. He—he—he—he he, 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 he thinks that perhaps you know that makes the soul of it a little impure. But Philip, I think you know, basically, you're clearly a very bright guy, and I know you, and I know you are. Um, you know, and I think most of the points you make in there are absolutely spot on. But don't be too harsh on Tony. We were having a very bad night that night, and he was upset and a bit emotional. And I think anybody should be allowed that latitude. JK,
2: can I just make a defence, and not even a defence, just to, to to tell you about Bates here? Because you mentioned Leeds and City going down. The one thing about Bates, yes, he was losing money all the time, but he was actually a terrific businessman, and probably very, slightly allegedly a nasty man dealing with it, but. I shared a coach with him bizarrely on a trip to Coventry once because you could buy um, uh, director's box tickets for 60 quid a time. Um, and uh, and I because uh, when I was in where I sit at Aussies, the, they were selling them off. And Coventry was the League Cup. And I went there and he, they said, it's an executive coach. And I went, oh, great. So I went into the coach thinking there'd be masses of people. And it was me and Ken and Susanna and Colin Hutchinson. And that's all it was. And... Um, Ken gloated over the fact that the Leeds uh, chairman—I've forgotten his name—when um, uh, they went down had pre-sold all. Yeah, that's right. Had pre-sold all the season tickets for the next two years to get the money to pay for the club. And Bates, in all his 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 profligacy, hadn't done that, and he was gleeful that they were doing badly because he had made decisions, all right, he bought a £50 million bond to pay for everything, but he managed the club better than City or Leeds. And that's something one one must really be um, impressed by and thank him for. And I know there were other things very wrong with him and people have been very critical, but the fact that he kept the club in uh, in the first division and bought very wisely and gave that season of... Um, post post Glenda, as you put it, post Glenda, when we had oh, that wonderful side with Petrescu and Zola and um, um, Flo and Hughes. I mean, that was, and, um, and lasso that was a really terrific team and gave me great joy. And Bates contributed so hugely to that, that one mustn't forget what, uh, that despite his his nastiness because I've had several people mates who've done business with him who weren't impressed at all um he got things right on a football level that actually pushed the club forwards and I know that when roman took over it was a kind of fluke that it just so happened that he'd run out and everybody was about to be sold and he kept the players and jt was off to liverpool and all of those things he'd been to the liverpool training ground jt and good johnson was off and because roman appeared with all the with all the uh, the the input of money it saved the day and Bates was then in a position to make a profit from it but um, um, uh, that was when you say a parallel universe I, I don't think it was ever going to be happening just because Bates was involved so well in that but um, um, uh, I have to say I agree with you I agree I agree I don't agree with with uh, I, I love Tony very much and we've had our moments of because his his hatred of Sarry was something I could never tolerate because once again i was always keen to see what the manager was trying to do and uh but tony wears very much wears his heart on his sleeve and that is a very positive thing about him and he's uh um because that kind of support is
1: is great and we have our we lock horns occasionally but he's a sweet chap yeah i mean um, i i I, I mean i to be honest i broad, i mean you know i i think i think as i admitted you know with with a little bit of time and reflection and as I said, I think I saw it more as a, as a wake-up call, a reality check, because the fact is, not only has it not been our club since 2003, Phillips Wright's never been our club. And I, and I admitted that well, earlier indeed, indeed, on. Indeed, but I think indeed. I think what, what Tony, Tony does, as a lot of us like to do in those kind of rare uh, old age, old man moments, is we have this kind of Corinthian dream that actually, you know, we have more influence and it is more our, our club than we think it is. And if he's guilty of anything, I think it's that. And as I said, you know, this is a live show. Heat at the moment, you know. We, it's a, it's very much like us being down the pub. And Philip, I will bet anything you like you like that you've been in a pub, had a few pints with your mates, and talked out of bollocks. <laughs> I mean, I, I I've made a living out of it, so you know, I you know forgive him that. Anyway, brilliant, lovely to hear from you. Obviously, really enjoy reading that email, J.K. Um,
2: this is from Ben Short, dear Chidge and Jonathan. Blimey, gents, I haven't emailed into the show in ages. But like the football recently life has come at me thick and fast and i'm just trying to keep up the motivation for ealing you excuse me the motivation for handwelling you the motivation for emailing you today is to talk about the latest show after frank's unfortunate sacking i listened to the show on my morning commute to work i had to pull over on the m27 at, at, at roanum is that roanum services it, it, it roundum roundum i'm down so my sorry way. Uh, is it yeah roanum it hit me He's gone and I'm gutted and I couldn't understand the long-term thinking. When I listened to the show, I got upset. I had tears in my eyes. You see, I have no one to talk Chelsea with. Chid, you talk about mental health. I got upset listening because it was a realisation, as if a delayed reaction to something that has happened, like a relative passing and listening to you guys on the show, and especially what Tony was saying about how the soul of the club is gone and the example he gave about Manchester United sticking with Solskjaer. And we suck our all-time top goal scorer after 18 months. Disgraceful. I'm not an emotional person or dramatic. I mean, no one's died. I know Frank Lampard will be fine in life. But I can't help but feel this overwhelming sadness. You guys, you guys expressed exactly how I felt about it on the show. Chid, are Chelsea unmanageable? Yes. And it's taken Frank to go for me to realise it. How dare they? How dare the club, the board, who, how, whoever essentially used Frank for a time period where the club needed a feel-good factor, suckered us in with the so-called project. I can't believe I fell for it. I'd hoped we were changing as a club, but clearly I'm deluded. Hope was in abundance and it's been snatched away. Something else I wanted to bring up was what you guys were talking about was the idea that Frank and Granovskaya butted heads over Kepper, and how she wanted Kepper in the side because essentially she signed him. Now, if that's true, she needs to slap around the head. Any idiot can see Kepa's not the standard we need and just because she doesn't want to lose face or admit that the transfer was a mistake, then bloody hell she shouldn't be in that position. Admit your mistakes. You've moved on from Frank now, move on from the Deadwood at the club. Something else that does get mentioned quite a few times on the show is this bashing of the the FIFA generation. I just wanted to say I would say I'm part of that generation born in the 90s. I've grown up with football and for that era, FIFA on the PlayStation was a part of that. Getting home after school and playing as the club you love was great. I'm just trying to make the point that not all of us think that real football is like FIFA. I believe this email and all of my past emails have shown I have the same views and opinions as the people on the show. I've been to the bridge many times. I have a Guinness or a London Pride before and after the game. I don't bother with that awful singer beer. I don't want us to sign Galacticos. I want us to develop, work, instruct and make future stars. English players in English teams are important. Mount is an obvious example. Tridge, side note when you said you can take the boy out of Portsmouth, but can't take Portsmouth out of the boy. Loved it. Being from Portsmouth myself, I get Mount's no fear of getting stuck in. Anyway, I don't want another foreign manager. I want Frank. I want someone who cares about the longevity of the team. Look, I don't expect this email to be read out. It has. It has. I'm reading it. I just wanted to connect with you guys again. I love the show. I'd love to be a part of it. I want you to know I'm listening and thank you. Chig, the big sleep out, a brilliant thing to do. I myself am a veteran of eight years in the 2nd Battalion, Princess of Wales's Royal Regiment. Thank you for being a release for me on a subject that we all have strong feelings for. Super Frank is always a legend, a hero and a role model. Maybe in a few years, he'll be back after a couple of years developing himself as a manager as i said earlier but there's that thing we call hope again sad day so thank you for being there stay safe gents yours faithfully ben i love the emotion change don't you love the emotion in that wow
1: well i mean if i'd have bothered to have reread that before i you know uh, discussed philip's email like we could have just read that as a response because i think that's the point philip there's a the the counterpoint is the emotional reaction and, and ben summed that up beautifully uh, i think I, I want to pick up on one thing ben about the fifa generation i'm sorry if it comes across that we're all a bit meh about that we're not at all really what it is is just jealousy because we're all so old none of us figured out how to play it that's, that's the real reason why we have a go but, i have a go i fail no we're rubbish at fifa but the, i have nothing against the fifa generation and i have nothing against young jealousy supporters in fact it is an absolute fact as i i, I now know this because i can check out the demographics for this show the majority of our listeners are under the age of 35. We have a lot of listeners who are in their 20s. Um, I would argue perhaps we have more listeners in their 20s and 30s than we do of any other age group. So, um, And I, 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 for one, am um, really heartened and delighted by that because that tells me that we're not just a bunch of crusty old miserable gits who talk nonsense, uh, that we're not completely out of touch with young people and that, that that young people, if young people are prepared to listen to this, which is, i would say the antithesis of uh, modern media in, in in the fact that it's it's four grumpy old blokes waffling on for two and a half hours not not like a five minute clip on youtube um that tells me that there's hope for the future because you lot get chelsea get how to support it not that we're telling you how to but you 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 know you have a real deep love of of this football club and and what it's all about and uh, i'm really heartened by that and finally ben finally um, you're clearly local to me if you were down at Roundhams. Um, when this is all over, it'd be lovely to have a pint with you in Winchester. So I can personally thank you for your service to your country, which I am hugely, um, well, I'm I'm humbled by, mate. And uh, it's lovely to hear that. And I'm glad that you're supportive of what we're doing for the Stole Veterans. Obviously, that's something close to your heart too. So there you go.
2: JK. Can I just say, Chidge, I, I don't think, in fact, that it was as... Um, um, almost evil that it was as, as thought out that they would just keep him for a short period for a fielding factor i don't think i think they gave him a chance i think they were they were yeah, absolutely I'm not blinded. so sure about that and you don't think so do you think well
1: i I, not- I my theory uh, the martin samuels theory but was yeah, that but- they used him i i, I mean i'm i i i kind of thought the same Th- they got of, him
2: in for the period where the, no other manager yeah, could come in. And Matt Laws that. Matt Laws
1: kinda of backing that up constant. in his article today. I think that's really? all, yeah. they really? they're they're venal, mate. They waste yeah. people. They don't give a shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but also also do you think the idea do you think the um that Frank and Granovskaya idea over Kepper, do you think is that real? I thought that was a invented. Uh, who, I mean, they bought they bought Mendy. I can't see if, if she'd been feeling that way. Surely they'd never have bought Mendy. She has just said, "You make him work." I, I
1: don't know, mate.
2: I don't know what. We, what, don't, we don't know about that, and what, I don't think we can say that's absolutely no, true. No, I
1: don't think we can. Of course, we can't. I think what we can say though is that. The, the You know, what has happened and what has been evident at Chelsea for a number of years, but is not just a Chelsea thing, this is widespread, is that, you know, agents and players have all the power. Uh, you know, agents can kick up a stink and get their players in and out. They have a lot of sway over people who run football clubs because that's how they go and buy their players. Um, and the reality is that when you're spending 100 million quid on players, that's a huge asset and you need to get the best out of that asset. You need a return on that investment. So yeah. when it comes to a choice of getting rid of one manager or five players, you get rid of one manager as always. And yeah. yeah, and I think we've been seeing that uh, for a long that time. We with Mourinho, didn't we? Didn't matter that yeah, the players yeah, down even tall. him. But I yeah. think you arguably we might have seen that before. But I mean, again, you know, our, 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 we're, if we're guilty of anything on this show, it's because we grew up a long time ago when that wasn't the case. As I said earlier on, when managers had all the power, and if the manager didn't like five players, they were they were gone. So there was, yeah. no, there was no kicking up a stink then. But I think, there, I mean, we don't know what the evidence is because we're not there at Chelsea, but I think you can safely say that this goes on a lot in the game. Why, why you know, f- okay, here's a good analogy. Uh, Ferguson got rid of Pogba when he was a youth player at United. Nobody's got rid of Pogba at United, even though he plays like shit most of the time and has a really bad yeah. attitude. Yes. So think about it. Anyway, uh, yes. Chris Curland has written arguably the email of the week. <laughs> this is short and sweet. Well, it's not very sweet. It's very sour actually. It's more, 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 more sour indeed. He says, uh, "Dear Mr. Buck." So I don't, I don't know if you're wanting me to forward this to to Bruce, uh, Chris. I, I can be persuaded. <laughs> it depends if you really want me to, and whether I'm ever welcome at Chelsea again afterwards. In fact, whether I am already as a moot point. But anyway, dear Mr. Buck. I just want to write a quick email stating exact... Maybe he's, maybe he's copied me in. I didn't think about this. Maybe he has sent this to Bruce. Anyway. Oh. D- Dear Mr Buck, just want to write a quick email stating exactly what us true supporters feel about you and your cronies who are running this club. You aren't a football fan, and we are not a brand. You are ripping the soul from this club and have now disconnected us even further from our club with the sacking of Frank Lampard. Please, please, please resign and put someone in charge who knows what the true meaning of a football club means and what it stands for. Sure, we want success, what supporter doesn't, but at the expense of our soul, at the expense of treating a person who means more to us than you ever will be, is a disgrace. You have no loyalty to legends. You've decided to back players who couldn't give two shits about this club over a true club legend, and for this you will never be forgiven success under Tuchel will feel hollow and therefore what's the point i'm distraught i really am if only you guys knew what this decision has done that's it now resign season ticket holder chris curran i love that chris and um, actually i think maybe that was tony writing under a a, a nom ah. de plume perhaps i don't know but no i'm sure it wasn't chris yeah, i know you know you're angry pissed off fed up with it we we will we will we all are you know but i'm afraid what we have to understand is there's not really much we can do we're, we're all a little bit we're all a little bit powerless in this but there you go but i love your sentiments mate I, again you're another person i'd love to have a beer with at some stage when this stupid lockdown is all over anyway stay safe lovely to hear from you mate
2: uh alex holmes hello chaps long time listener first time caller by the time this- <laughs> <I love> it. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Yeah. it's good to have you on alex By that—that's what they say, isn't it? Yes, or in some cases they just ignore it. You you think, do you know what
1: Andy Goldstein does? He says, "Oh, it's it's the first time. It's the first time you called in. First time you called in, is it? Uh, Yeah, don't call back then." (laughs) 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 Talking of which, actually, I need—I have a confession to make for you lot. Um, In about three minutes' time, I was supposed to be doing a phone call with the. uh, a pre-record with Jason and Andy for the sports bar tonight. But I said, no, I can't because I'm recording our podcast. So I've given up my uh, ego fluffing on talk sport for you lot tonight. Just thought I'd let you know. Oh, sweet. So who have they got in instead? Well, we'll find out. it will be on at about half 12, I expect.
2: Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Um, Alex Holmes. Hello, chaps. Long Pro- time listener. First time caller. Probably Dan Silver. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> By the time this reaches you. A lot of the dust will have settled and emotions may have calmed slightly. But I feel that the reaction to Frank's sacking has been massively blown out of proportion. Yes, it hurts, but Roman didn't take Frank out and shoot him in the shed-end goal.
1: (laughs) Who killed Bambi?
2: (laughs) I started supporting Chelsea around 97, so I saw Frank's entire career with us. And what he gave to us was nothing short of amazing. And Like so many of us, I would give my right arm for Frank to have managed our club for years, create a dynasty, and it wouldn't matter how many titles we won, but as long as the football was good and we played with spirit, I couldn't have asked for more." Yeah, the club wouldn't have liked that though. However, if we take a step back, remove the emotional attachment, and look at this critically, there are things we can't ignore. The football under Frank has never been particularly good. We put in some good performances, but overall, was anyone happy with the football? Especially in the last few months. It's been awful. He's been in charge for 18 months and can anyone really see what he's trying to do with the side? People point to the first couple of seasons for Klopp and Pep, but at least there you could see the identity they were trying to create, even if the performances weren't consistent. We snook into the top four last year because everyone else fell apart and made it to a cup final, which we should have won, yes, The ref shafted us, but Arsenal were shite going into that game, and they tactically outdid us. Everyone could see they were just going to counter-attack with pace by playing balls into the channels in between our defenders, and Frank did nothing to change it, which eventually cost us the game and the cup, this being the most glaring of the tactical ineptitude. He let our most promising defender go to Milan because he fell out with him and couldn't get over it. Frank tried to to play Havertz, who was compared to Cruyff and Zidane in the Bundesliga, into form by playing him practically as a defensive midfielder. Werner is not a winger. Everyone could see that this 4-3-3 wasn't working, yet he persisted with it and there never seemed to be a plan B. If anyone else, bar Terry, Drogba, Cech, etc., was in charge and this was the case, we would be calling for their heads. The same as we did with Sarri, Scolari, AVB and so on. Please don't take this as me laying into Frank like these absolute twats on Twitter. I love that man more than most things in this world, but it simply wasn't working. Thank you for all you do. Up the Chels.
1: Yeah, up the Chels. Up the Chels. I think, do you know what's interesting is that we're getting a variance of opinions here. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know, which is kind of what I it's all about, really, isn't it. it? It's what you want. Absolutely. Yeah, totally right. You know, it's not, um, this is not Pravda. Yeah, yeah, or or the I, uh, the North yeah. Korean Times, and I, I know I I veer hugely towards this. Yeah, you Can know we, we, we you I, know. I, Yeah, I like to think we have a, a spread of opinion on on the show itself, and I think that's true. Right, Alex Davidson, very good friend of ours. Uh, Alex, uh, you know we know him well from Boston, or lives in Boston anyway, uh, and he says, dear Chidge and Kiddo. Kido, kido. On Monday morning, after hearing the news of Lamp's sacking, I decided I wouldn't listen to that night's fancast. I assumed it would feel like a wake. However, by the evening, I found myself needing to hear the voices of those who were suffering as deeply as I was. So I did end up listening to Monday's fancast, and it was very cathartic and healing. Knowing my fellow fancasters felt as sick and disgusted as I did dulled the pain considerably. Both Tony Glover and Dame Whittle's comments were superb. CFC are now brand Chelsea and it does feel like an abusive relationship. This Chelsea is not the Chelsea that we fell in love with. Winning trophies is only worth it if it's done the right way. And now, more than ever, I doubt that will happen. I'm actually wondering if I can continue as a Chelsea fan. Should I really be spending my weekend worrying what an oligarch might do with his train set? The chopping and changing has prevented Chelsea from building a true football dynasty a la Liverpool in the 70s, 80s and Man United in the 90s and the noughties. Roman had a unique opportunity to build something so special. First time uh, there was a stuttering step, sorry, first time there was a stuttering step, I stuttered there, so I'll do it again. First time there was a stuttering step, he pulls the plug. So now we're set back another year or two while a new approach is explored. Note to Tuchel. Chelsea fans are going to see Machiavellian manoeuvring of a German manager brought in to fix the failing players. Oh, sorry, failing German players. Probably not fair. A case of two plus two equals five. But since when did fairness mean anything? If Werner and Havertz don't become worldies within a few games, then you two will be gone by the end of the season. I hope Frank has a good rest and regroups. Sooner or later, the Palace or QPR, or indeed Bournemouth job, uh, will open up and he can go and build something under reasonable expectations. I look forward to that day. Thanks for listening. Best, Alex. Yeah, I mean, you know, Alex, Alex was feeling very emotional about it, like we all, all were last uh, Monday. What well, i tell you what I would say, JK. It's a point we don't discuss enough on this show, actually. But um, for all of the... I mean, we, as we know, we've won more trophies since Roman turned up than any other club in the UK, in Britain, in, in England. Um, and that, all of that's true. One thing that nobody ever talks about is how many more we could and should have won had things been done slightly differently. Had we not been constantly churning the managers and, and buying bad players? I mean, I think there was a, there was a definite feeling that, you know, certainly in the first kind of half of Roman's reign that we should have won the Champions League more times than we did. And, okay, I know we were hugely unlucky. You know, Barcelona semi in 2009, wasn't it? Uh, Obviously 2008, we should have won that match. We were the best side. I mean, there is a case to be said that maybe we should and could have won more trophies than we have, really, and that actually, in a sense, we've underperformed. And I wonder if that has something to do with the management of the club.
2: It's tricky, isn't it, to make that uh, uh, assumption, Chidge? I don't... um... Um, so many things are down to, you know, ultimately refereeing, as we had within the uh, the, the ridiculousness of the Barcelona game, and um, and injury, and uh, I think one should just relish the the number of trophies we won and the joy we had from watching them play. I think that, as you said earlier, the last seven years have been a major disappointment.
1: Well, and well the- Matt Law's point, which is made yeah. beautifully. The, the yeah. last time we were in a Champions League semi final was 2014, and actually yeah. we never looked anywhere near like we were good enough to beat Atletico Madrid. So that was a bit of a false hope. Yeah. So that's seven years really since we've yeah, been competing yeah, yeah, in the Champions but League. But
2: I wonder whether, in fact, that Tuchel's appointment um, and the the initial effort of uh, of buying those six players was an attempt to bring us back into the into the elite setup, and he's. And, uh, and unfortunately, neither Havertz and Werner have, uh, have produced the the level of form that they're supposed to, given that they were stars in the Bundesliga. And I, I don't think, actually, that um, Tuchel's been brought in to specifically fix the German players. I think he's... Uh,
1: no, I he's think he just, was the part of the plan before Sarri. He's part of the
2: plan, mm. absolutely, because his pedigree is absolutely fantastic. Um and if uh, well hang on a
1: minute jk i think i think that i think that needs a bit of analysis because if you look at managers that we've hired in the past okay so jose mourinho won the champions yeah, league yeah, carlo yeah. ancelotti won the champions league look at other managers that we've hired
2: Well, perhaps he's not quite good enough but he was the available manager and he's tactically very aware and he got to the champions yeah, league but he's finals. not
1: won that yeah. much no
2: he hasn't well he's won he said, uh, well, all right, he, he, they were being very dismissive of him winning everything with PSG. and well, rightly so. But they, so. they, but they, they all he, win the French he, League regardless. He
1: did get he, them to the Champions League final. And that's, indeed, I mean, they did. had they'd consistently failed to get near it. So I think he yeah, needs a yeah. lot of credit for that. But, you know, he's not got a CV like Mourinho or Ancelotti. But he's, he's, he's nonetheless, he's the most... Even Rafa um, won the bloody Champions League, mate. I know,
2: but we didn't want Rafa back, did we? No, he's no,
1: no, a, no. But at the point i no, making I know it what is. you're saying. I know what you're saying. But at the same
2: time, in terms of ticking several boxes, he's he's youthful, he's um, uh, he's charismatic. He's German. He, 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 yeah, he's, he's German. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, which is a huge plus, whatever that means. We have ways
1: um, of making you it work.
2: <laughs> it's giving us a large number of opportunities to make slightly racist remarks about him and, and the VAR. Um, I course, love m-
1: the Germans, or as Noel Coward used to say, "Don't let's be beastly to the Germans." That's right, you did. That's very good, Jim. Your impressions are getting better and better. I'm, I'm learning from the master,
2: Mixler. Mix, I think, and particularly with the Craftwork song, bloody hell, fire. Do you that
1: know what? Good. I had a trust board yeah. meeting last night, and they they did a request. They wanted me to sing it. Did you? Yeah, I said only if oh. you pay me.
2: Wow, wow. Well, so what did you get? A couple of quid?
1: Well, I didn't do it. I refused. They wouldn't. They wouldn't, they do, wouldn't pay me you, they wouldn't pay you. Absolutely right. good stuff.
2: But um. So I, I I wonder whether this is actually Roman saying, um, all right, let's have a go at getting us back into uh, top six elite again. I, I don't mean, well, top six, what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, top three, top two, um, and then going for it in the Champions League. Because the, the yardstick is, is City, obviously. And Liverpool, sorry, City and Liverpool. And uh, um, and this may be a good start for... for uh, for for somebody like Tuchel, but that way, you know, the 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 proof of the pudding is going to be in the eating, isn't it? We're going to see what he's going to come up with. And tomorrow night is another perfect example because I'm afraid the pressure is completely on the poor man. But at the same time, I find it I find it exciting as to see what he can do because I I think I don't think the players we've got have been um, uh, able to somehow they for whatever reason haven't been playing at the level they should be. And I think he stated that. He was very impressed with the standard of player, you know, which, you, which should be the case. But, you know, I'd like some of the players to be turned into world-class players. I think the potential is there. I think Mason Mount has absolutely the potential for being world-class. And the way doy has been playing, they've all prophesied he'd become world-class. And I think, you know, let's give give him the opportunity. If he plays out of his skin, then, you know, we're getting there and people will improve. And if he can make Kante become the player that he used to be and... Uh, and turn Werner and Havertz into something more, then already we're doing better, you know. So let's just see what he can do. You know, let's give him a chance.
1: You know what? I think we should buy into what our good friend Mark Worrell says, that you just have to accept that Chelsea has, is, has, and will always be uh, a soap opera, and we just have to go along with the roller coaster ride and the glorious unpredictability that is Chelsea. Fans real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea football fancast up the Chelsea
2: FootballFancast.com Yes indeed and on right.
1: that note this is uh, I alluded to this email on Monday's show and I, I nick James's wonderful uh, analogy but it's an and james is just one of my favorite listeners to the fancast. he's been in it since the beginning and he's an absolutely wonderful chap so take it away jk
2: ditch it johnny the kid me and the fancast massive as you know i was over the moon at lampard's appointment i also believe the disparity between last year's expectations and what he actually achieved deserved to be described as incredible. This cemented a belief in me that we had the potential of someone great. The fact it was a man I adored just made it all the better. It was like the dormant heart of the Chelsea I fell in love with all those years ago started beating again. Then it was season two and we added some huge potential to the camp and just like JK was in the beginning, I couldn't see us losing to anyone. Thank you, absolutely, because we were playing so well. Then things went just very average, not terrible just average. Of course, I'm not naive enough to state Lampard as Lampard as being faultless in this, but an intelligent man learns and gets better. I've no doubt at all he will, but the reasons for his failure, I believe, are far more of a cultural nature at the club. Let me give you an analogy to make my point. A few years ago I had a job working with what the government terms troubled families and I was bloody good at my job. I'd go into those families whom essentially for one reason or another were failing. I had to turn their success around. You had to go into a home and look at the dynamics and assess the situation, work out how to resolve it and sometimes I'd see exactly the same dynamics as what I can see the short-termism is doing at Chelsea. It also shows, although we've won a lot in doing so, it's the wrong approach. If we do the opposite with the right person, I believe we'd win even more. Let's say this family I made up of a single dad and four was made up of a single dad and four kids. The dad in the family doesn't like being single, has a pattern of breaking up with one girlfriend and moving on to another. When dad brings the new girlfriend into the home, the dynamic instantly changes. The kids are trying to impress the new girlfriend as they suss her out. They'll be on their best behaviour, try their best, and more often than not, the home would function to a much higher level than before, as each family member looks at their roles in the home, i.e. new manager bounce. However, with time, conflict inevitably occurs, and the dynamics then change. People in the home are trying to forge allegiances and take sides, and while this is going on, the family as a complete unit perform at a lower level. This is where the psychology of the situation completes two different potentials. The kids, knowing that dad usually breaks up with the girlfriend and throws her out, get empowered. They decide they can do what they want, disregard and disrespect the girlfriend, knowing that historically dad will dump her and get a new girlfriend in where they may be the where they may be the new favorite kid and get attention. However, if the dad sits the kids down and says, actually, I really like Frances, I'm keeping her. She's part of the family, so you better sort it out. The power is removed from the kids back to the girlfriend. Knowing that she's staying, the kids want to be her favourite and try and win her favour again, knowing they either live in conflict, which no one likes, or they have to resolve it and improve things. This is the pattern I see over and over at the club, and the only way it changes is by changing the culture and being explicit about it. Currently, if a group of players aren't getting what they want, they have a tantrum and cause a stink which leads to the dressing room walking on tenterhooks and it's a negative, unpleasant environment. Roman then comes along and dumps the girlfriend. If Roman married her instead, the players have to behave. If they cause a stink, they risk being frozen out. The power is taken away from the players, leaving them to focus on being the best player they can be, so they get a place in the starting eleven and a pat on the back. Knowing there will not be a new opportunity in six months to become best friends with a new girlfriend, they have to make amends and improve for the wife instead. Frank did show astuteness. You only had to listen to what the other managers had to say when they heard he'd been fired to hear they had a real admiration for him. When we lost to City, Guardiola decided to counteract our speed and passing ability by basically playing a game of midfield on the entire pitch. Interestingly, Frank had thought of the same thing to counteract City. The difference was City's back, mid and forward transitions were excellent and ours were inept. This was mainly due to lack of playing time together for the players at the club. The idea was there and the idea was a good one. Where Frank fell was not changing it when it didn't work, but I'm sure this is something he will learn. I hope my analogy is a good one and makes a good point. I don't just look like a bumbling fool. It was great having Frank at the club, as you weren't just supporting the club, but you wanted the man to achieve as well. Whereas with whomever comes in in the next few years, I just want them to do well for our club. And then what they do next is up to them. I think Roman needs to take a moment to evaluate history and remove Frank's goals out of the club and put the goal average of any current player he spent a fortune on and work out the maths. If he did, I think he'd find he had a very bare trophy cabinet and demonstrates the huge debt he owes the man. As always, many thanks for all the hard work you do and the awesome content you give us. Many kind regards, James Coppert. Very good. Bloody hell. Great analogy. Isn't Great it. stuff. And very interesting. Makes you actually change your view. I think, once again, the dilemma is, is the... Players. It's, it's, it's It's the keeping the club not achieving enough it's the thing it's the it's the brand that gets in the way we keep talking about this It's the lack of success and yes in a, an ideal world this would be exactly what you want to do but um uh, they'll they're not going to do it if uh, if if you can see, I don't know. I'm trying to work out a way that Frank could have somehow kept them interested. How could he have maintained? I don't think you can level? these days, mate. That's and, my but, point. But how how could he not maintain that level, Chidge? If, that look, had, if, if, if Frank... when I said when I said he says the beginning when I said they're great because they were playing yeah. wonderful.
1: But if Frank oh, Lampard, if Frank, if Frank Lampard can't command the respect, uh, an authority, of of players at Chelsea football club when when you look at everything that he's done as a player inside and outside of Chelsea then the game's up and th- and that tells me that basically football clubs modern day football clubs are unmanageable and they're unmanageable because the players and their agents have too much power and i think that's what james's analogy captured so beautifully they're like dysfunctional families with you know savvy children who play play you know play one against the other you know yeah. and i think that's exactly what's happening i mean james is a very smart cookie and it's a brilliant analogy by the way james i'm so sorry you did you sent me an email um about but james does a podcast too i think it's i think it's on music although correct me i'm sorry john i haven't listened to it yet which is terribly bad of me to admit but it's true <gasps> Boop, yeah i'm sorry i'm a busy boy but anyway you sent me this wonderfully plaintive email because i think you'd managed to your cat had deleted an entire podcast while you were editing it, I think the cat like walked across the keyboard, and you were absolutely just spitting and 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 I think you sent an email to me because you needed to share your pain with somebody who would understand that and I did, and I felt your pain and i-i remember we did an entire podcast in the pub uh in Putney, and it just failed to record <laughs> so <laughs> I know exactly what that's like. I felt your pain mate. Um, but anyway, other than that, I really hope you're well. It's lovely to hear from you. And another got another email, J.K. from somebody who we've known for a very, very long time, and had the the privilege of I've I've had beer with uh, Bobby D in uh, in Put in in Put in uh, the games. I've had curries with him in Putney, and I've had Chinese meals and beer with him in in Melbourne in Australia. So Bobby's definitely one of my favorites. And by the way, Bobby D, I'll send you a picture of this when I get a moment. But I finally framed and put up the. Uh, The 1970s Chelsea shirt you gave me that's signed by Peter Bonetti and Chopper Harris. I've finally got them all up on my wall. I'll send you a pic so you can see it. Anyway, Bobby D says, "Uh, Good evening, Chidge and the gang. A couple of days after the sacking of Frank Lampard, I thought I would put my thoughts into words to mainly help myself understand what has happened. Firstly, I would like to quote Albert Einstein. The devil has put a penalty on all things we enjoy in life. Either we suffer in health or we suffer in soul, or we get fat. Well, I have to say, Bobby D, I've certainly done the last. Uh, Anyway, I have to admit the lockdowns in Melbourne have not been kind to my waistline, but in thinking of this quote, I feel that when we sold the club firstly to Ken Bates and then Roman Abramovich, we lost a bit of the soul of our club. On both of these occasions, the Baileys were at our door, and we were left with no choice to either take the deal with the devil or potentially lose our club for good. Next year marks the 40th anniversary of when Ken purchased Chelsea, in fact, this year, I think you'll find Bobby D uh, for only a pound. And I've tried not to hide in the romance of previous years as Ken was just as ruthless as Roman with his managers. Point we made earlier. If you think about it, these two people. have. This is a really interesting point, JK. You're going to love this. If you think about it, these two people have been in control of our club for a third of its existence. And in the last 20 years, it's been our most successful. Mm. We all believed that Frank was part of a bigger plan, which looked at the long-term future of the club and not so short-sighted. We were all excited at the thought that as a club, we were finally looking to build something amazing with a view of the success at Liverpool. I believed in this dream and wanted something more long-term to identify with the club again. This season, we have to all agree that Frank was looking like he had limited experience and the technical ability to run our club. There were a number of games where we didn't have a plan A, let alone B, and the players looked lost. Maybe Frank had not served his apprenticeship in the lower leagues, learnt the skills to run a club, and take the players out of a slump. Maybe there was a lack of support from the hierarchy of the club to help Frank learn and succeed. Maybe they didn't want to help. I feel hypocritical... Uh, when we celebrate a Champions League win in a season where our coach lasted less than a season and player power took over, then in turn feeling angry when our performances are less favourable and Frank is sacked mid-season again. That is part of taking the deal with the devil. But why did the club appoint Frank and Jody last season? I don't think it was part of a long-term plan for the club to bring through the youth. I don't remember this ever being announced. And it was just one of those rumours that spread across social media which made sense. I believe they were appointed out of the necessity of circumstances. Roman is a successful, ruthless businessman, and Chelsea is another one of his many acquisitions. It's a toy to make him money, although I don't mm. think he actually makes him much money. I don't know really. He makes any money at all, yeah. does he? And with any <laughs> successful short-term business model, that has to happen immediately. I think money is an issue. I mean, don't 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 be deluded that Roman just thinks it's fun chucking ten billion quid around. Yes, you know, I yes. think he, I think he, he's not an idiot. I think he he's he's. I, I think if you want to if you want to make an analogy about Roman, he's like the the rich guy that walks into Monte Carlo Casino with a lot of money. He's prepared to splash a lot of the cash. He's prepared to risk losing a lot of it, but he kind of equally likes to make a fair bit in the process. So, you know, I don't think it's all. And it also,
2: it serves a role in the club, doesn't it? In it, it's a status symbol. Yeah, and it's a, yeah. He's associated in the world with it, so it gives him publicity. Yeah. So it does. He he is actually, if he does spend money on it and loses, it's um,
1: uh, it, it it's it's a positive yeah you want if it's tax deductible as well yeah definitely it. it's a tax loss that's maybe what it is anyway, with the what i don't think it is, but anyway, with oh. the one year ban on transfers and the need to develop our youth, Frank and Jody were perfect for the role, which is virtually the same as Robbie de matteo uh, De matteo in two thousand and twelve. They both had a deep knowledge of our setup, and between them, Frank and Jody had worked with our youth. That knowledge is now surplus to requirements and Roman can bring in his man for more success. He used Frank and Jody to get what he wanted and then disposed of them when he felt the need. It is not right to treat a legend of our club this way, but should we have expected anything different from a ruthless Russian businessman? I think not. So, to end my long email, sorry, I thought I would ask a question. If we were to win the Champions League this season, would it be because of Frank or in spite of him? In my opinion, if we have great success in the next few years with Tammy, Mason, hudson O'Doy and Rhys James playing a pivotal role, the last 18 months could be one of the most important in our history and I will always thank Frank and Jody for that. Kindest regards and stay safe, Bobby D. Um, well, mate, that's a good question. Um, it's, it's, isn't it hasn't it? happened every, every
2: time that there's a, um, a ghost of a previous manager's team that influences the next side. It's almost impossible well, for him not no. To
1: do that. I, I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily think that. I tell you what I do think, and I and I and I think, you know, right now it's her, it's early days, isn't it? But I think if Bobby D is right and Tammy goes on to be a great Chelsea player, Mason, I'm sure will Hudson Doi, I think will Reese James, I think will Billy Gilmore, I hope will. If you get those five players to be. You know, successful, trophy-winning, first-team players for over five years, between five and ten years, then, then we, you have to look back on on Frank and Jody's legacy, and say that was massive for us because they they broke the dam, uh, and I really hope that that will be the case, and I th- and I hope that 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 you know wh- whether it was circumstance and a bit of serendipity or not is not the point. They they still did it, and they helped them on their way. And I think that 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 should be noted, and I hope that that happens. Um, the first question: If would it would the, I I don't think you can really answer that, Bobby D, because I mean what you can say is Frank has got us to play against Atletico Madrid. If if and I think it's a massive if uh, we beat Atletico Madrid and go all the way, which is an even bigger if, then you have to say that Tuchel has done a fantastic job, and you have to put that down to him. So you have to kind of basically credit both. In reality, Bobby D. Um, if we win the Champions League this year, I will run down Fulham Broadway, start bollock naked. John, JK's contemplating the horror of that, I think. I was contemplating the horror of whether I should take photos. <laughs> mate, if I did that, it'll be on the front page of the news, mate. Anyway. Uh, as you're you arrested and a policeman puts his,
2: yeah. his, uh, policeman's hat over your genitalia.
1: Indeed. Yeah. I need a big helmet, mate. That's all I'm saying. Very big helmet. Because yeah, yeah. you've got a very big helmet. Yeah, I think that's what um, I'm saying.
2: Yeah, that's what you're saying, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um well you, you dismissed my 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 ghost of a team idea. Just not not saying, really? No. I think I answered that with what Douglas was saying. An, an, Analyze nineteen seventy. The nineteen seventy team was set up by Doherty, but he wasn't the manager.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a really good point, man.
2: You know, so so I, I just think that there are there are, as I said, ghosts of other teams. I think the if there's something set up, it's what, a question. Car-
1: Carlos, of Carlos, Carlos team? Yeah, yeah. Well, in, well. well Jose's but team, al- but
2: also the the 2012 side was 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 was, was um, Mourinho's team as well. You know, it's it's the spine is created. It's just a question of how good the side is. Obviously, in the 70s, um, there was there was nobody left because they'd either sold them or um, uh, they weren't good enough. But um, subsequently, the the team that um, that played so well in uh, won the European Cup Winners' Cup, um, then won the FA Cup and went on further after Ranieri and went into getting to get, get, get them into the Champions League. So you can always say yeah. there's a there's a kind of pattern of players influencing each other if they're playing well. If they're not playing well or they're sold, you, you destroy that that evolution. You know that that connection. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Um, here we are. Um, Daryl Middleditch. Hello, Daryl. Good evening, guys. Quick thank you to, uh, to you, really, for the fantastic preview shows on Friday nights. Oh, mate, thanks. Yeah, they're really good, aren't they? Really, they're fantastic. And Chid gets such a good um, connection. We always get a really good journalist and then an a, 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 away a, a opposition view. It's, it's, it's clever, clever stuff. Um, this fridays in particular was a much needed therapy session monday's show which was as you mentioned a rather raw and emotional show helped but listening and chatting in mixilla this friday i think a book ended it along with the musical like relief at the end <laughs> well you know
1: he's a trainer and he's looking good <laughs>
2: The regular guests are always good fun and full of knowledge of fixtures gone by. Having the boys from Football London along with Liam is a highlight, giving them more level-headed insights. Yes, they certainly are. Certainly helps us gain. A, was it when when Simon was on the other day? Not Simon. Sam was on the other day. I think he was slightly perturbed by how have he you said he'd never done it before? Had slightly over the top we could be, but anyway, certainly helps us gain a little perspective. Um, uh, yeah, giving that. Yeah, thought again. Having boys from Football London along with Liam is a highlight, giving them more level-headed insights certainly helps us gain a little perspective rather than just the usual fan bias we're all guilty of lastly a special mention has to go to the opposition view every one of them have been top draw fans absolutely agree well chosen chidge every time mm, bloody yeah, hell yeah. brilliant quite brilliant and you go for podcasters don't you generally, it's generally yeah it's um it's uh very good stuff i'm, I'm
1: trying you? to rustle up a, a real special one for everton Oh, good stuff! Good it's stuff. in March. I've got some work to do, but I've got my eye on a on a on a guest that will blow your bollocks off. Oh my God, who will it be? I can't it? tell you. ex player.
2: Oh wow, wow. Um, Alex
1: Young. Nope. Um, it's not Dixie Dean. No, not Dixie. Oh, no. well. okay.
2: you have to dig not, him up. Not
1: Neville. Not Neville Southall. Nope. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay.
2: Daryl. Keep, keep hang on. Keep up the great work, all. Keep the blue flag flying high. Darrell,
1: Yeah, brilliant, Daryl. That's
2: really great, Daryl. Thanks so much. Good to know. But it is a good show. It's lovely being in it, I have to say. It's really, um, uh, it's uplifting. I mean, not that this that our normal shows aren't, but it's um, it's having people in that you can... Uh, I, I love the enthusiasm of all the, as you say, opposition view. I love the enthusiasm of the, uh, the guys who I think, actually, are always taken aback at how, A, knowledgeable we are, but also how friendly we are towards them. I think in other situations, they must be given a hard time by other... Uh, by other podcasts,
1: What's the point of that, yeah, you know. But I mean, I mean, first of all, Daryl's in here tonight, uh, and he's lovely. He says you're doing us all proud, boys, with your efforts. Well, thanks, Daryl. I mean, Daryl's also he's always a Mixler, which is lovely, and he's in our Discord group, and he's in our Prem Predictions League. And Daryl, if you like me, are keeping one eye on it tonight, uh, I am having the mother of all shockers this week. I think JK going to outdo me on the points for the second week running. Hell has frozen over. Anyway, uh, this, uh, I've had an absolute shocker, mate. Not only am I losing in all the matches, I've, I, I was so busy yesterday. I was late to the party, so I missed out on the first two matches. So I got oh, nil no. points. But on the other hand, I was minus 33 thanks to Man United stuffing Southampton 9-0. So it was probably a blessing in disguise that I missed the first two matches because I'd have got even more minus points. I think I had Southampton winning 2-1. So. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, I didn't do any
2: research. If I'd done some research, I'd appreciate it. They had nine changes. Didn't
1: yeah, I didn't know that. I know. Okay. All right. We've got a lovely one here from Marc Gouzère, Marc, Marc because he is French. Just in case you wondered. Uh, Firstly, uh, let me thank you for your amazing work. You are our free Chelsea shrinks and our bipolar Chelsea conditions would be 10 times more preoccupying had we not access twice a week to your therapy sessions. Well, how lovely, Mark. Thank you. Then please accept my apologies as my English level isn't what it should be to be read publicly as my mother tongue is French. I, I, having read your email, I would say that's not true. It's very, very no, good, Mark. He,
2: he writes better English than we do. Well,
1: he, he certainly writes it better than I can speak it, and that's not, not no surprises there. Anyway, now, to make it short, uh, let me explain why getting rid of Frank is the biggest mistake the board of Chelsea Business Club have ever made. After 15 years of construction under Roman's reign, made of lots of success first and lots of failures then, the club, and especially Marina, got lucky with their mismanagement skills. In recent years, since her arrival, their best players and prospects all left at different times and for different bad reasons. Kevin De Bruyne, Mo Salah, Romelu Lukaku, Eden Hazard and Thibaut Courtois, Whilst being replaced by underpar players, Morata, Kepa, Zappacosta. Then the transfer ban came at the worst moment in terms of quality of the existing first team. This was a blessing in disguise. Frank was the only manager crazy enough to take the job. Love is craziness and is a source of greatness when coupled to the most intelligent player we've ever had. Nevertheless, Frank had a plan, contrary to what people seem to think. JK. Uh, But again, for that plan, he needed something that the board never managed to give to anyone. Full support for a prolonged period of time. His plan was clear and was the path to the making of a truly great and historic club. It was about building a team of individuals who would all have a strong sense of ownership of Chelsea. This value is more important than any skills of any individual players. The beauty of football resides in the power of the team before the individual. In my eyes, he was about to copy the models of Sir Alex Ferguson and the early Arsene Wenger era. (coughs) He knew that our academy players were among the most talented in the world and he knew that they could become the foundation of one of the most powerful houses in modern football. Don't forget, Lampard is intelligent, competitive and above all ambitious. What else do you need for the long run at the head of your team? The plan was simple. One. Build a solid bridge between the academy and the first team and in between all parts of Chelsea. 2. Bring as many young, intelligent and talented true blue players as you can into the first team. 3. Get them accustomed to the level and the physicality of the Premier League. 4. Get rid of the mercenaries who are not absolutely prime material, whether in talent, mentality or brain cells. 5. Bring in a few delicately chosen players that have the talent and the mentality in specific areas that the academy could not provide at that moment in time. I have to say that, Mark, that is just spot on. Anyway, this is the best way to create a true team of players with a strong, common, transcendent feeling for the club. It's a balance in between a maximum of homegrown players and a minimum of mercenary stars. If the balance is right, the mercenaries will become as concerned as the homies. This true feeling for the club is way stronger than just an addition of talented mercenaries who came to win trophies. And when times are rough, disappear, or even worse, sabotage the club. Because tough times are always coming. Dealing with problems is only feasible with an army driven and united by the same huge blue heart. Frank had a clear plan to bring in, uh, to bring or even create this big, strong and united blue heart at Chelsea. In philosophy, the concepts of perfection, unity, union, beauty, good, soul and even God were, since the ancient Greeks, considered as reunited in one. A oneness, I suppose. In many ways, Frank and his soul represents this union. He is the one, and he was going to bring together the good, the strong, the perfect, the beautiful, etc., etc. Attributes that are part of the club, but that needed the one to become one as a perfect club. Unfortunately, since hashtag Marina out, the devil took charge of the club, I had like this juncture, i like to say that the uh, emails uh, read out on the show tonight and do not, do in, in no way reflect the uh, views of the Chelsea fan cast who do not want to be sued by people richer than us. Um, anyway, now I've got that out. So that since, Mar- since hashtag Marina out, the devil took charge of the club, there has never been a place and there will never be place for divine or philosophical perfection at Chelsea Football Club. She has no profound understanding of football, as one can see that since her arrival, the identity of the first team disappeared gradually. She backs constantly the players, especially the ones she bought too expensively and who don't perform well, over the manager, which is the biggest mistake you can do in a football club. If you want to give the manager a chance to succeed in the long run, you have to back him in all circumstances in front of the players, regardless if they're right or wrong. This is basic business management, not rocket science. You knew the plan since the job interview and you accepted it. So now you have to trust him 100%. If not, why would you hire him, in, hire him in the first place? If you don't trust him 100% and, for example, you don't buy the players he asked for and you buy other players that you prefer instead, it means that it was your mistake to appoint him in the first place because he was not the good man according to your plan. Worst, your hubris made you think that you knew better than your head coach. Wake up, hashtag Marina out. Your football <laughs> knowledge is pure shit. And it's normal. Don't worry, your job is to delegate that to your manager. Anyway, in this case, it was a coincidence that Marina appointed the good manager, but then she spoilt it completely by undermining him behind closed doors. Well, we don't know that for a fact, but hey, uh, as soon as his decisions and demands highlight her mistakes. By blaming Frank to hide her expensive mistakes, Kepper, Rudiger, Jorginho, Cova, ETC, she destroyed the chance of writing the truly greatest lines of the club's history – the chance of seeing a club that makes one with its academy players, with its first-team players, with its backroom staff, with its successes and trophies, and more importantly, with its supporters. This was a simple plan for Frank, but he needed three or even five years minimum to only start this great adventure, during which he needed full support of the board to implement it. He needed to be able to get rid of Rudiger, Kepper, etc. on the cheap and bring back Declan Rice for tons of cash. And you know what? it would have been the best and cheapest business strategy ever. One coach, a team full of academy players from the club, a few expensive players like Declan Rice, a soul, a connection with its core supporters, a genuine beautiful story to attract new supporters, addicts like Stanford Chidge likes to call us, and shitloads of success and trophies. I hate Man United, but that is what they did by allowing Sir Alex Ferguson to transform that that shithole of a rainy, miserable club and town into one of the biggest clubs in the world. Still a miserable place to live and be, though, mind you. Uh, Frank was going to bring all this together. A soul for the good guys, players, staff and supporters, success and trophies for all, and shitloads of money for Roman and Marina. She destroyed the dream of all of us, and now we will continue to be a good Premier League team like many others with constant changes in management, good spells followed closely by bad ones, no soul except one uh, one of a few academy players, if they stay, and ours. The board broke their toy and ours maybe for eternity. Chances like this where all things come together are very rare and if you don't recognise them and you don't do everything you can to help them succeed you might never find again the opportunity to amend yourself and in this case save the club for the good. Oh, sorry, save the club for good. In other words, they failed everybody, including them, by failing Lampard and his grand plan. Marina, Marina, Marina is a failure and should be sacked immediately. Frank in, hashtag Frank in, hashtag Marina out. Voila! My blue heart, like many others, exploded in thousands of small pieces when Marina, Marina the psychopath, allegedly, ruined our dream of the true blue greatness. The one and only one PS in the future Frank will beat us with his new team and it will be well deserved. That day we will stand by his side. How sad is that for him and us? All the best, Mark Gouzer. Uh, Mark, I have to say, uh, you have articulated in what you would say uh your poor English because you're French better than I have ever articulated that. In my great English, although you have been a little bit more prosaic than me, I have many, many friends in France. You you might be surprised to hear, but I do, and I have to say, having got to know them very, very well, they are incredibly beautifully Gallic, passionate people as only the French can be, and uh, and you have articulated that in such a brilliantly Gallic, passionate way. Um, obviously, I don't want to get sued for some of the things that you said, hence my uh, disclaimer. But I think I I agree with the central tenet that I think the thing that really uh you know that i picked up on jk was i mean he's clearly a philosophy student so i'm I'm bound to appeal to me but there was that point in the email where he says that sometimes you know the stars align and you have that moment where it can all come together and you need to seize on that and only great people with vision have the ability to do that and i think his point that the board have missed that opportunity is really interesting
2: um (laughs) It's it it, it's it's when exactly did those moments align, though? Um, uh, Was it when was it particularly when um, uh, he was playing 433 and they were playing out of their skins and therefore what what happened for the stars to misalign? um because something definitely happened there where he seemed yeah, to be but, able to
1: but that yeah. is a very if you don't mind sorry to interrupt but that's a very yeah. that is incredibly short term because i think if you do try and compare it to klopp no 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 i agree you got I it, agree you, but, you know you you have no, I, you have to eat but, some shit but, sometimes but the difference and feel was the, pain. The,
2: the difference was was you could you could see the 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 breadth of klopp's vision because klopp was attempting to play a huge press and they were all getting exhausted, and he'd then have to spend the next 20 minutes not doing anything. Then they'd all press again, and you could see... And also, there was a big, big turnover of players, Chidge, which isn't happening, which didn't happen in this instance. But
1: needed other, to happen, because other, other, th- this, well, is, this yeah, is one of the problems, have- isn't it? He, he was not able to get rid... Of a, I mean, the thing is, no, all, all you have instance, to do, yeah. all he you have get to get rid do, of everybody because of the coronavirus. Yeah, but, well, he? that's true, and that's you know, uh, sometimes as, as Napoleon said, you need lucky generals, not good ones. And I think yes, he's actually, so perhaps, in hindsight, we we'll, we will probably say he was luck. plagued by bad luck, injuries included. But the reality is, you know, all you have to do is go back and listen to a fan cast or write some, read some of my articles from a year, year and a half, two years ago, and I was saying we need the best of the youth players to break through and we need to have some experienced Chelsea players with them and we need to add some world-class players in the positions that we're lacking in that's that would be a good plan um I also said um um we need to get rid of a lot of the dead weight because we've had such a turnover of managers buying rubbish players and we've talked about that over and over and we and I think they there
2: would have been more money and and the the Squad would have had places that could have been filled by purchases if it hadn't been for coronavirus.
1: Yeah, I think that and,
2: and the inability yeah. of inability of clubs to have enough funds to buy any of yeah. the people. And having said that, we would wouldn't have seen um, uh, Alonso's great goal the other day because he'd have gone in September. Well, um, so be but, it. you know, but no, you know, I'm I'm only being I'm being. Um, uh, um, um, idealistic really there not even idealistic i'm just telling it how it is you know that's what the fates provided us with but um uh i mean once again uh, so much of this is dependent on the club not being successful and 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 that's the always been the yoke around any manager's neck is they've got to have even if it's only top four um uh, and going and make an element of 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 progress in the champions league we cannot ever have a situation where as people have been been even on twitter in particular and and even the last it seems to be the default position let's have the club finishing 10th it won't matter if we create a dynasty that they will the board will never ever tolerate that Roman well now we know that
1: tolerate. i think definitively well, don't we
2: definitively absolutely absolutely because we thought possibly frank could be given the opportunity to uh, um um, to um to just um, not have them playing very well. But then it, it became of I think Frank has been the victim of, of circumstance and history here because I really do think if he'd got rid of the players he wanted to get rid of, Rüdiger, Emerson, um Alonso, whoever he'd and, had enough
1: and got and, players in that he wanted, yeah, which was defence in the midfield.
2: Absolutely to complement the youth, I think we'd have been um he'd still be there with the club. Because I think he would have worked something out. I think in the end he couldn't. He, I, 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 you know, I, I, I go completely with this this view that the players um, ousted him in the end. I think I really do. I think it's well. I mean, you them.
1: know, whether they did it. You know, actively, well, if, or, if, or just if, by
2: playing shit, by, by being shit, by consciously, yeah. by not, by yeah, not. I don't. It may not be a deliberate thing, may it? It may be they just couldn't get what he was after, and then they all just they 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 they
1: um. Well, maybe they didn't buy into it.
2: The, yeah, they did. Or the mood went, or they couldn't. Yeah. He couldn't motivate them because they couldn't understand what was going. Or they all became. They all. I mean, you know, psychologically, what could happen to a team who doesn't think it's working for them? They they want to work for you as a manager, but they can't make it well, make it
1: work. Here we go. You see, they're, they're clearly none of them have half the bollocks or metal that you do. Because I remember a show where you did famously say, I'm sorry, Chiggs, this is not working for me. And you <laughs> flounced off in a paddy. But you were there next week and you worked twice as hard the next week and you were twice as brilliant as you normally are. If if half the Chelsea players had the gumption that you did, we'd win the Champions League every year, mate.
2: Oh, well, thank you, Chiggs. Thank you. I, I, I realised that was a low and I had to come back and... Uh... Uh, prove myself all over again, and uh, any other lows I'd be willing to try and have another go for it. But, um, at the moment, I feel I'm cruising rather, rather possibly in second gear, and I ought to up my game.
1: Uh, I can so, rotate the squad, you know.
2: I know, I'm aware of that. And I, I never do.
1: You, you are my Mason Mount, mate. You never get I, rotated if you, out. If
2: I get a note from you saying um, I'd like a different team this week, I will accept it and try and fight my way back.
1: <laughs> fight my way back.
2: Um nobody, but, nobody um,
1: takes the uh, amount of shit that I give to them quite as well no, as you do Jake. you
2: occasionally you're a bit horrid to me. I hope people can
1: <laughs> I would like you. to say
2: it's I'd like I to say you. Mark Mark, thank you. I love you too. I'd like to say Mark that um as um Arnold Bennett said to um Malreux, um vous avez des idées qui me plaisent beaucoup. Anyway, thank you. Um uh, there we go. This is um I'm ben speechless
1: at that, I got to be honest. <laughs>
2: Hi, Chidge, Jonathan, Tony, and all esteemed contributors to the Chelsea fancast. I've been wanting to write you an email for quite some time now, but last week's events, combined with your fantastic catharsis episode, compelled me to do so. As was the case with all real Chelsea fans, last Monday and the week that followed was a depressing affair that left me feeling a profound emptiness, intermittently pierced with bouts of rage. Not for the first time, I felt forced to confront and question my unconditional love for this club. I tuned in to listen to you guys set the Chelsea world to rights, And I wasn't disappointed. You were the only media voices capable of handling this issue with insight and understanding. And you did so superbly. Tony's beautifully articulated rage communicated my sentiment exactly. And I'm not ashamed to admit it brought me to tears at times as I listened, uh, listened along during my government sanctioned daily walk. Jonathan's uncharacteristic, calm rationale was also appreciated to help me bring bring me back down to earth." Thank you very much indeed, Ben. And as always, brilliantly mediated by Father Chidge. I agree, brilliant, Chidge, you were brilliant. So, firstly, thank you gentlemen for a truly cathartic experience and helping us to get over such a traumatic moment in our history. Chidge and Tony brought up the issue of connection between the fans and the club, an issue which I think this sacking has shone a particularly harsh light on. And I'd like to talk about it now, if I may. I was seven seven years old when my dad first took me to the bridge. I fell in love with the Hullet-Viali-Zola side of the time. Despite going to school in south-west London, I was one of only two Chelsea fans in my class of 30, with all the others being United, Arsenal or Liverpool. It felt special to be a Chelsea fan. Then, uh, Then, and instantly, a strong sense of connection was there. Enhancing this sense of connection was the fact that my dad ran a stall in the grounds of the stadium that sold his cartoons and illustrations of the players. I remember that. As I got a bit older, me and my brother would get to the stadium on the morning of a match day and help him build the stand. We'd still be there long after the game had finished, setting down. Uh, setting down and selling pictures to the autograph hunters who would approach players as they made their way to their cars. I used to do that and fail miserably. I was was so useless. Anyway, a very small few would try to slip out unnoticed, but your JTs, Franks, Idas and Zolas, one a different era for me, would stop and talk to every single person, signing stuff, taking photos, and even having an occasional kickabout with me and my brother on the concourse, if the odd player did that when I was there. Michael Jubri even helped out selling behind the counter once. It would sometimes take these players a couple of hours just to get from the stadium to their car, but they were building such a strong bond between the fans and the club. Again, I felt so lucky to feel a part of this club with these incredible players who got and knew the fans on such a personal level. One day, John, the head groundsman, surprised my dad by taking our picture stand, putting wheels on it and offering to store it somewhere within the ground so we didn't have to set it up and down every game. The kind gesture nearly made my dad cry. He was so grateful. It felt like the club really cared about small time minnows like us. Then Abramovich and Kenyon came in and made my dad cry for real. Apparently, the picture stand would no longer be required for the match day experience, and we weren't able to sell on the grounds anymore. I'm probably being too cheesy, but I can't deny that a big piece of my connection to the club died that day. Something so special to my family and many of the match-going supporters, who regularly came for a picture or just a chat, being cast aside so callously, made me question my allegiances. Since then, however, like all of us, I've enjoyed and revelled in all the success that Abramovich's era has brought us. More tears of joy at the Reebok in 2005 and in Munich and the countless other experiences of which there are so many. But that personal touch, that immediate, tangible connection has been a distant mirage for many since Abremovich took over. Frank being appointed boss gave a flicker of that connection back. I absolutely loved attending games last season. Tottenham away a few days before last Christmas was really special. It was absolutely brilliant, wasn't it? To have it snatched away again hurts but listening to proper Chelsea supporters like you last Monday enforced a point I think I already knew, but certainly needed reminding of. Chelsea is about the people who've always been there and will always be there. The addicts, as you call us, Chidge. If you're lucky enough to go to games, it's about the people you go with, drink with, hug when we score and talk bollocks with when we lose. Chelsea isn't callous Russian billionaires and multi-million pound flop strikers. It's the countless families, friends and strangers from teachers to taxi drivers to podcasters who've been brought together in their unconditional support of the same team. So thank you again, Chelsea Fancast, for being a big bit of Chelsea to me. As long as people like you are Chelsea, I'll always feel Chelsea too. Apologies for the tone of the email. Mate, you mustn't apologise, Ben. It's brilliant. Brilliant emotional stuff. We love it. We love it. Keep the blue flag flying high, Ben Anderson. Oh, my goodness me. P.S. Jonathan, my dad, Rob, used to be a neighbour of yours when you were both were kids and sends his regards. Blimey. Blimey, blimey, blimey. So, Rob Anderson, where did you live? Melbury Road. You must tell me, mate. Ben, you must tell me. Because, of course, we were all Andersons as well. I never put that together because all my relatives are Andersons. Perhaps we're related. <laughs> That'd be wonderful. Oh, buddy, you must have been at Melbury Road. I'm trying to think where you'd be. Oh, anyway, anyway, brilliant, brilliant mail, brilliant male. beautiful mail, a beautiful, beautiful heart rending mail, beautiful, beautifully written. Go bloody God, God the mails have been so great tonight, haven't they?
1: Yeah, I mean oh, that. That oh. I, I mean, I, I hesitate ever to to say what was the best one, but oh, I'd, so I, I'd say that that was just Ben. That was just brilliant from start to finish. You absolutely, and I think I think you know the the really lovely and important thing that you put at the end, um, really. You, I mean, you, you've articulated that far better than we all have. Uh, I mean, I know that, that I'm a bit of a soft touch for this, and I kind of allude to it a lot, but, you know, you're right. It, Chelsea is about, about, you know, the people you go. you know, if you go to the games, lucky enough to go to the games, the people you go with, drink with, hug when we score, talk bollocks with when we lose. Um, that's what Chelsea really is all about. Whoever owns it, whatever nutty decisions they make, they can never take that away uh and and i think sometimes when tony and i get a bit over emotional it's best to remember that you know because you can't take you cannot take that away even if they knock the stadium down where they'd still there'd still be that feeling and you can't get rid of that and ben you've you've nailed that my friend in fact actually you've impressed people who are listening live on mixler because uh the lovely brian justman says um uh oh, there we go chidge if you go to forward an email to bruce buck this is the email to send and i think he's right i'm 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 almost tempted to do it actually because it just absolutely epitomizes what chelsea's all about did you see the photographs he put at the end jk
2: yeah brilliant 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 some brilliant.
1: with it with his uh with the, the the little sketches he's talking about of the yeah, players yeah, yeah. it's yeah. such a shame really
2: that he he couldn't set up in the way that mark has marco has um selling the sketches outside i don't know what that uh... well
1: because hammersmith and fulham borough council charge you an absolute bloody fortune and, then, that, and then, then Chelsea come and arrest you if you have anything that says Chelsea on it.
2: Of course, if you were writing, you were drawing pictures of the players, that'd be you'd be for dealing with their image rights, wouldn't uh, you? No.
1: no soul, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. So you'll be amazed to know because we're nearly two hours in. I told you we had a lot of emails this week, but I have to say, JK, even before I read the last one, again, the quality of the people, of the writing that we get in every oh, week is astonishing.
2: You so beautifully, guys absolutely fantastic and
1: and they're long i mean you know we're getting kind of like almost thousand word emails here i mean that's that's the length of the average football london article i write so they're putting time and effort they really think about what they're saying which is just amazing they
2: they read beautifully yeah they they do don't they so it's lovely to be able to interpret them this way. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. It's really absolutely superb. Well, big,
1: big up the emailers, mate. Uh, they're, they're, they're brilliant. Right, the last one is from... This came in, uh, kind of crept in under the wire, actually, because this came in after Monday, but I thought, well, hey, why not? Uh, it's from a Blue. He says, Hi, Chidge, Jonathan and guests. I'm sure your inbox is overflowing this week, uh, following Frank's sacking, so no problems if you don't get to this one, as it's a bit long. Uh, Too old to be a keyboard warrior, but felt the need to write and likely present a slightly different view. Hopefully the Reverend Tony Glover is not in the house to give me a savaging. Well, as luck would have it, Jay, he's not. Uh, But he does tend to listen to the shows. Sometimes he's in Mixler. I don't think he is tonight. But uh, anyway, the emotion was clearly running high in last week's pod and we're all feeling raw. Like most, I would have liked to have seen Frank remain in place until the end of the season. However... As Chelsea dropped to 10th the following day, around and about the same place as when Jose was sacked, you can't say the board aren't consistent. I think you'll find, Jay, although I, I'm, this is coming out, you know, I'm not entirely sure. I think Jose's Chelsea were about 16th when he got the tin tack. And they were genuinely worried that we might get relegated. So toxic was the dressing room. Um, of course, we only found that out afterwards, as you do. Um so anyway, he said, so you can't say the board aren't consistent. Well, I think I might have proved that they. You can, but anyway, I also can't say that I fully disagree with the change on a footballing basis. Now, this is this is this is. I think this is uh, fitting into the, the the JK theory here. <coughs> Not that I'm dissing it. I hasten to add. Uh, It's mentioned a lot that Frank needed time. But in fairness, he had 18 months to stamp his style on this team. Even after this time, time, I think we would be hard-pressed to say exactly what this was. Overlapping fullbacks, inverted wingers, short passing and defensive gaps. People say it was only a blip, but let's have it right. The team lost five of its previous eight league matches with one of the best squads. Uh, Arguable, I think it was one of the best squads, but anyway. So when does a blip become apparent? Sorry, when does a blip become a habit? Added to that, I can't think of a more sari like performance than against Fulham, which was followed by an even more lacklustre performance against Leicester. It appeared there that most of the players were no longer playing for him, which meant that having been sanguine for a while, I was back to shouting at the telly again. I I know that feeling, uh, Jay, whatever's happening. It's clear clear that the defence was Frank's Achilles heel, something that has been so obvious since his first match at Old Trafford. Lots of attacking, but a 4-0 defeat. We seem to revert to playing a sort of school playground football where we all charge forward and press the opposition defence with little thought for our defence or defensive positioning. More recently, the third goal against Man City was one that was hard to take and is one of many examples. Roy Keane lambasted Ziyech for not tracking back, but the real issue was why, why, why were the whole of the back four ahead of the free kick, leaving only Conte on the cover? Much the same had happened in the last minutes against Wolves and Costa's points. The team choice against Leicester raised eyebrows. The inevitable uh, left the Vardy and Madison combo against the two centre-backs and the resulting goal came as no surprise to most of us. Defending at corners improved, but why do we think everybody back in the box is a tactic? Nobody reacting to short corners and nobody on the edge of the box to close down shots or start counters. Conceding goals from shots from the edge of the area was something that was a carryover from last season. Couldn't say Pulisic and Werner to be there uh, would Werner to be there to cover or be able to relieve the pressure. I've listened to many an episode of the fancast where you've bemoaned our defence due to the lack of quality of our defenders. However, would you say that Leicester, Spurs, West Ham, Aston Villa, all of whom were above us, have better defenders? Clearly not. We need to be better drilled as a unit, which includes midfield across the team. I couldn't see that any partnerships being forged in either either in defence, midfield, or attack. Other teams worked us out too. Often, it felt like Groundhog Day, where if we don't get a goal in the first 20 minutes, we run out of ideas and just play in front of them. Again, how we set up as a team defensively when the ball was turned over was never sorted. Frustratingly, Frank showed that he could do it. Last season, getting into the top four was a great achievement, even if it was a bit bumpy and a little reliant on other teams in transition too. We all enjoyed him tactically getting the better of Jose in the league. Twice, I have added for emphasis. Also, the same result against Ole in the Cup, where they hardly had a sniff. However, we have to balance these with a tactical suicide against Bayern at the bridge, among others. Off-the-field issues seem to have surfaced with a number of falling-outs reported. The ongoing exclusion of Alonso seemed excessive. The dropping of Rudiger and his sudden uh, reintegration into the team seemed odd. Tomori uh, moving to Milan as well. Not good enough for Chelsea, but straight into the first team in Italy. Most would have argued that he was our third or fourth choice centre-back. The lack of integration of Werner and Havertz into the team pattern this season certainly didn't help his cause. As I said, I would have preferred he stayed until the season's end to try and turn it round. The appointment of someone experienced, not Avram Grant, to assist short-term might have helped with the challenges he faced. The board decided otherwise, which is understandable from their financial point of view, and we don't fully know how good or bad things got behind the scenes. It's just incredibly frustrating to think that what could have been. It hurts us as fans because he's Frank Lampard. It hurts because he gets the club and us. It hurts because the dream of a genuine club legend leading us to a bright blue future has died. The fact that Roman felt he needed to publicly thank Frank tells you all you need to know about the quality of the man. Unfortunately for him, though, Chelsea is not a club for a young manager to learn his trade and make mistakes. One thing that will never change, however, is his status, and he'll forever be welcomed – Whilst, of course, we'll get behind Tuchel for the good of the team, I, for one, look forward to singing super frank loudly at the next game we are allowed back into at the bridge. As always, come on, you blue boys, and win or lose, it's always up the blues, Jay. Um, I think that's an interesting email, Jay, because you kind of went one way, and and then you kind of, you know, uh, you know you reversed into a, a very different style of email. I mean, you know, I think on a on a technical point, you know, most of the points you make, tactically it's really hard hard to disagree with i think I think still there are there are many many mitigating circumstances to that i think I think if I was going to be you know critical of frank in any way i'd be interesting to to hear what j k has to say about this. If I was going to be critical of frank in any way it's it's that he seemed and j k questioned this on Monday interestingly enough that he seemed to stick very very rigidly to a style of play over the last couple of months the 433 um and didn't seem to change it whereas last season he he was much more horses for courses you know he set up differently against arsenal if you remember when we went there and won away he yeah. he did the same and against Tottenham. yeah Tottenham. Did, did it against spurs twice to much success uh, and as you say jay he he did it very well in the fa cup semi final against united so i know he can do it so i'm i am surprised that he stuck to that rigidly and i think you know it's a very old adage uh, of very experienced and maybe that's the answer isn't it experienced managers uh, I think we, we might be seeing that with Tuchel we definitely saw it with Conte we never saw it with Sarri interestingly enough but you know Mourinho we used to see it with all, all the time but certainly Conte and as I said the other night on the show I think Conte is perhaps pound for pound the best manager we've seen at Chelsea in some respects because he looked at what was going wrong he changed it, not in the next game, he changed it at half time. And what he did that was I think so special was he got the best out of what he had. He looked at what he had. What's the best way I can get these guys to play together and get the best out of them? It's three, five, two. That's what I'm gonna do. And you know, he made he made average players like Victor Moses look like a world beater. He made an average player like Alonso look like a world beater. That's that's quality management. And I think if I was gonna be critical of Frank, it's that he he didn't look at what he had and then make the best of it. He didn't put them in the positions that they were most suited to. He said, no, no, this is how we're going to play, 4-3-3, and you've got to fit in with that. And maybe that's what did for him, JK.
2: Well, I think the 4-3-3 was going so well, wasn't it? That was the problem, and it coincided with Werner playing so well as well. And then something happened, and instead of him thinking, well, i better change this, i better try something different, he just persisted with the 4-3-3, which I think was his undoing, unfortunately. Um but as a as a um uh, uh, you, you, you wonder whether the players sense this lack of um of uh, um cohesion really in his in in his thinking um or perhaps he couldn't manage them I mean, we just we just we'll never know, know. jK we, we will we we'll never know it here. will
1: be a mystery it'll always a mystery. be a mystery it's a mystery it is indeed but uh, the reality is, as I said earlier on, you know um there's not a lot we can do. Uh, we are pretty powerless in all of this. We need to focus on other things, and uh, you know, as Ben was saying in the in the email before, we we carry on, we lament and mourn the the part, you know, the loss of Frank from the club as manager, and we, you know, was what is it they say? The king is dead. Long live the king! And I think I think you know there is some sense to that. Um, J.K. I I think it's been fascinating tonight. I mean, sh- brilliant emails, and actually, as I said, surprisingly a variety of opinions on it, which I didn't expect
2: but also absolutely the right thing to be reading them out because uh, everybody's expressing their opinions about a, a you know a seminal moment in the club's history i mean it's uh, it's it's huge frank being manager and then being let go is just is is an enormous i mean it's, as we've been saying it's it's kind of an, an inevitability with the club managers its managers but at the same time it, he was such a specifically such a legend and we so wanted him to be the, the the legend as a manager as well that it's it it i'm glad we've had the opportunity to to talk about it in such detail because it's um it's been really worth it and the uh the, as you've been saying though i mean the standard of email is great all the time but in particular this with this highly emotional subject it's been fabulous
1: mm, okay well that's pretty much uh all we've got time for tonight um obviously thank you so much for your emails they're they're brilliant um and i just keep sending them in i mean you know if if jk jk and i have to do a bit of overtime of of a week then i i don't mind jk certainly doesn't i know that for a fact so uh, you know usually we'll try and get them in on the monday show but if we get more than about five it's hard because we have a lot to cover on a monday and we're all pretty busy and we have, you know, day jobs. So but there you go. We'll always find a way. Don't you worry about that. So if you want to uh, send in an email or even a message on Patreon or Instagram or Facebook or even tweet us, just let me have them uh, really perfectly by the end of play on Sunday, because that's when I write the script. Uh, and of course, the email address is Chelsea at Gmail dot com. Now, uh, what day is it today? It's Wednesday today. So that means uh, tomorrow night is occupied with more Chelsea because we'll all be watching the Spurs game. (coughs) And then uh, JK and myself will be back uh, on Friday at 7pm, live on Mixler as always for the Chelsea Fancast preview show. We'll be joined by Dane, the lovely Dane Whittle, and Liam Toomey. So that'll be fun. And we'll be looking back at the Spurs match, obviously, and we'll be looking ahead to the Sunday game, which is, of course, against Sheffield United. And we'll be joined by the lovely travelling blade, Ben who sang the greasy Chip Butty song for us back in, I think, October or September. So it would be lovely yeah. to have him back for his opposition view. Uh, obviously, we'll be back uh, for the Monday night show on Monday when we'll be reviewing the Sheffield United match and previewing uh, the FA Cup match the next Thursday, a week tomorrow, against Barnsley. Uh, and JK, myself, will be joined by Martin Wickham and Adam Newson from Football.London. Now... As you all know, uh, Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, Soundcloud, Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. And uh, a really good way to access the podcast is by getting the the CFC Blues app. And uh, you can do that by listening to what they have to say here.
0: For Chelsea fans
1: everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and
2: the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free c f c blues app now from the app Store and Google Play
1: uh, and finally, a massive shout out to our patreon members who are brilliant and they are breeding like rabbits. I'm b- delighted to say we've had loads more recently, which is great uh thank you thank you thank you thank you uh, I mean the thought that so many people are prepared to put you know put their hand in their pocket and shell out a few a few dollars or pounds each month to support us is beyond beyond amazing especially in these times as i said and and i love you for it um there is no pressure i mean honestly donate or don't donate i will love you equally whatever you choose to do if you do want to it's patreon.com forward slash chelsea fancast Uh, and if you do um the offer of sending you a kerry dixon mini banner a replica of the banner that hangs up in the matthew harding end uh, I will send you one of those. Uh, I'm waiting for an, another delivery from the States at the moment, so it might take a while. So bear with me on that. And I'd, I'd love to get Carrie to sign them if possible. But that, of course, under lockdown is not easy. Um, but you, you're entitled to one of those. And of course, you're also entitled to join our Discord group, which is great fun where we talk about all sorts. It's a bit like a carry on the mix of the chat, like 24-7 every day of the week. Uh but you can comment on anything you like on the match day. I have a match day channel. I have a questions for the show channel. Uh it's fantastic. So you'll get you'll get to join the Discord group too. So there you go. Uh you can follow us on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at JonathanKid, and of course we're at Chelsea Fancast on Instagram and Facebook as well. So JK, it's been fun tonight, hasn't it? I quite like these little special in off the post post shows
2: yeah they're great they're great it's been fun but at the same time it's been emotional actually you know it's um been a good combination actually
1: yeah
2: so it's uh you know this is a this is a highly emotional subject you know with with varying views which is yeah. great which is what the, the podcast is all about and it's what what being a fan is all about so yeah. the fact you can you know, contribute in such a um um an emotional, but also uh, highly communicative way is just great. I love it. Yeah. Really brilliant.
1: Well, and that's the point. You know, at the end of the day, you know, we're 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 fans, and this is like a always supposed to be the you know the kind the, in the style of a of a chat in the pub with your mates. Uh, we're not professionals. We're not analysts. We're not tactics nerds. We, we're passionate supporters of of the club that we love, with the people that we love being passionate with it. With so that's all of us together. And and you know we're emotional about it, and and you know if we talk bollocks, then I can't help that. It's kind of you know that's that's really what the show's about. So uh, <laughs> not a dig at you, Philip, but it's just a, merely stating a stating a point on a case. So there you go. Right, we will be back on Friday, as I said. J.K. Lovely to see you. Lovely three times this week. People will start talking. Let them. Let them. Shoot. Absolutely. No. Lovely to see you. Stay safe, mate. I there look forward to seeing you on Friday. Enjoy the match tomorrow, obviously. Yeah, I love it. Looking yeah. forward to it. Yeah, me yeah. too, actually. It's going to be fascinating to see what happens tomorrow. So there you go. You lot who have been listening in Mixler, as always, are brilliant. I love you to pieces for the dedication that you show in supporting us. So that's fantastic. Now, we'll be back on Friday. As I said, thank you for listening. See you Friday. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Keep the chills. chills. Ah!
0: Finde, was du brauchst auf stockx.com.